What up, what up, what up, what up? Wake up with your boy right here on The Real Coach JB Show. On The Coach JB Show with The Real Coach JB. Got a lot to discuss today. Uh, it is fucking Friday the 13th. You know what happens on Friday the 13th? Motherfucking Jason Strikes. Jason Strikes on the 13th. Join me for this fearless Friday. Matt McChesney will join me later on, break down some NFL draft scenarios. Plus, I'm breaking down the NFL playoff quarterbacks in order from my most least, from my least favorite to most favorite. Break that down today. Where is Mahomes ranked? <laughs> Special guest and legendary running back Walter Payton's son, Garrett Payton, former Miami Hurricane, Tennessee Titan, CFL football player. Uh, like I said, the son of Walter joins me live. We're going to break down all things Chicago and Justin Fields later on in the show. All this is brought to you by betonline.ag, candidatecbd.com. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, over at betonline.ag. Get you 50% off welcome bonus. We got all things NFL this weekend. Get on over there and make your bets. Tell them JB sent you. And candidatecbd.com, go get you the freshest, cleanest way to dip in the world. Uh CandidateCBD.com. Use the promo code COACHJB. And as you know, the new studio is built, ready to go once we get the cameras and lights. Can't thank Keonis Builds on Instagram anymore. If you guys ever need anything built out, a bar, patio bar, studio bar, a bar in your house, it don't matter. He does it all, short, fat, skinny, and tall. Keonis Builds, go on over, check it out, Q-U-I-N-O-E-Z. B-U-I-L-D-S. Go get you the finest bar in the world. He does cabinetry. He does it all. Check him out on Instagram. Keonis Builds. Uh, can't wait to get after this today. Uh, excited to talk to Jared Payton. Good friend. Good dude. Uh, can't wait to get that going on. Plus, Slap Nation is in full effect. I appreciate everybody already becoming a member on the Discord. The Discord is out there. Coaches crew. Become a part of that right now. It's kind of cool. I get to talk to you guys via text all day long in a chat live. I didn't know anything about it, so I'm excited. Let's blow this thing up and create this Slap Nation and blow this thing out, out the water. Uh, the Slap Nation is real. So come on over there. Join Coach's crew right now. I think it's $2.99 a month uh, for that Discord. Um, hey, I think it's going to be great. So I appreciate everybody that's already joined and got in there. If you guys are already uh, thinking about it, get on over to the Discord today. Join Slap Nation. And, uh, man, can't wait to get after it on this Fearless Friday. Lots to discuss. Uh, glad Jared Payton, we, we got together last night. He's going to join us live this morning towards the end of the show. And we're going to have a great talk about Justin Fields, the Chicago Bears, his dad's legacy. <clears throat> and uh, some Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan talk and everything he remembers as a kid holding that Super Bowl trophy. Can't wait to dive into that. Plus, so much more. And you can't wait until I give you my Top Gun Maverick take. Holy shit. See you on the other side.
Let the counter begin for everyone that wants to know how to become a member on Discord. Um, man, it's a second tier right here on YouTube. You can go check it out. It's $2.99. Go become a member. It's It'll put you right in the Slap Nation on the coach's crew on the Discord. It's very simple and easy. Everyone else is there. There's already like 50 people over there, so I appreciate everybody that's came over already. Uh, let's get you started with quote of the day. Um, life is an opportunity. Benefit from it. Man, life is short. Life is short. It goes by fast. Time uh, time is a thief. Time is a thief, and it'll be here and gone before you know it, man. We'll be talking about you uh, as you have left this planet very shortly. We're, people don't realize. We're going to be talking about you. I mean, people are dropping like flies every single day right now. We don't know why. We don't know what. We're just making assumptions. Young kids dying every day. Air Force kid, 21-year-old cat, just passed away, heart attack. We had another kid, a 19-year-old kid, passed away from a heart attack on his high school campus, apparently. I don't know why he's on high school at 19, but well, that's a whole other discussion. Uh, we're, we're having all these different things. You can come up with your own conspiracy and all these different thoughts. Uh, you know me, I think this manufactured weed and food that we're eating and inhaling and ingesting and all this different shit has something to do with it as well. You guys can say the shot. Hey, listen, I don't know what it is. I'm not going to ever say I do, so I'm not putting my foot in my mouth. All we can do is assume, and I'm assumed about every single day, and I think it makes asses of us all. So make sure you do some investigation and do some shit. All I do know is life is an opportunity. While we're here, benefit from it. Um Poll question. I got to ask you, which team are you most comfortable betting on to win the Super Bowl? Drop that in the chat. Uh, which team are you most comfortable with betting on the Super Bowl? I'm going to break down all things NFL today. We're going to break down some quarterback play. I'm going to break down my top 14 quarterbacks from the playoffs. The 14 quarterbacks that are in the playoffs, I'm going to break them down, and I'm going to give you my least favorite, my top favorite. Where is Patrick Mahomes? I know you Kansas City fans want to know. Because you love me so damn much right now. Um, contrary to belief, drop those chats in the line. Uh, drop that line in the chat. Which team do you uh, would you bet on to win the Super Bowl? I know Steve Max betting on a few teams, uh, and I am betting with him on a few things. Uh, we've we've made a few picks. Well, I'm going to give you my picks uh, today because we know playoffs start tomorrow, and uh, can't give you my picks tomorrow when fucking one of the teams loses, right? Um, so. We're going to make sure we get that done. Contrary to belief, brought to you by CandidateCBD.com. Head on over to CandidateCBD.com. Promo code CoachJB. The struggle you're in today develops the strength you need tomorrow. Contrary to belief. One day, your story of how you overcame what you went through. And it will be someone else's survival guide. The shit that we go through, you don't realize it will become someone else's survival guide if you allow it to be. So get through the fucking thickness and get through the trials and tribulations and all the tough shit so you can create someone else's survival guide. Too many times we're quitting too early, man. We're, we're giving up too damn early. I would love to give my fucking survival guide on over to someone else. I hope it's a coach or a young kid that understands that the way they're going about shit ain't the way to go about shit. <laughs> I'm just being honest. So go through some thick and thin, and it will become someone else's survival guide. If the words don't add up, it usually it's usually because the truth wasn't included in the equation. The truth, capitalized, wasn't included in the equation. If you ever noticed, 
and you haven't talked to people and you sit there and talk to people in a, in a mass setting or you sit there and look around and you're talking to folks. If the words don't add up according to them, it's usually because the truth wasn't included. I'm just I'm just keeping it real. You guys don't understand that shit. That is real talk. People don't realize that the truth shall set you free. A lot of folks can't handle the truth and it is what it is. But got to get that out the way. Uh, Matt McChesney will join me later on in the show. And uh, again, Jared Payton um, is going to join me. We're going to break down all things Walter Payton, his father, his legacy, uh, plus what what he does now um, and so forth and so on. Um, can't wait to get after it. Let me get into the chat. Appreciate everybody. Bruce Helms is in the house. Baby Girl NYC is in the house. Sean O'Connell. Devo, what up? Bree, Bree, Bree. Uh, Lucy's in there as usual. All the OGs are in here. All you guys that aren't members, become one. Either $1.99 today or $2.99 for the new Discord and the Slap Nation Coaches Crew revolution that is about to happen and go down. So make sure you check it out. Um, <sighs> Got to get this thing going. Appreciate everybody in here. Pounding the like button. Subscribe. Become a member. Pound the like button. That thing grows the channel. Um, can't wait to get after that. Andrew Sullivan says, Sarah Blake says hello. Tell her I said hello and eat a dick. <laughs> hey, dog, I, I'm not going to talk about it no more because it's sad. I, I've, I've been seeing some videos sent to me, and I, obviously she's seeing this show um it's sad dog it really is i guess she got the the hint that i told you know I, I said you know listen you know start none there won't be none see people get their feelings hurt when when the truth starts to be said but listen i wasn't the one that started talking you were you make videos about me all the time like you're putting production into your videos you have music in your videos do you realize how fucking embarrassing that looks you know you're putting so much effort into me. You're making a show about me while I'm over here sleeping, getting my dick sucked every night, and going to bed like a baby. You're actually working up with your weirdo fucking creep husband and doing shit and posting like, I guess you're posting screenshots and all kinds of shit. Please keep showing screenshots because I want to see how much you've butchered them because I would love to share mine. I want to share screenshots so motherfucking bad, girl. <laughs> I, it's unbelievable that you're putting this much effort into me. And all the dick riders that follow you, the 74 of them, god damn. And all the fake bot people that you've ba- paid for to, to become followers of your show. <laughs> How do you have 190,000 people and 10 likes? Uh, fake people, uh, people, just so you understand. That means they bot followers. Of course, she bought her Twitter blue, right? Of course, she bought her Twitter blue. I offered to try to get her really verified um, way back when when we were talking and trying to help her grow and everything. And uh, eh, eh, it's kind of weird. But anyway, that is a whole nother discussion. I really don't care anymore, but she's creating this thing. She did a video. Uh, I guess she, she said she thought that or she heard that I said, you know, she doesn't look very good with no makeup and she she tried to do a clip with no makeup and that shit lasted like one second that shit looked so bad and sad i was like god damn girl you are fucking reaching here 
We know you look like hammered shit without makeup. Don't put it on. Don't put it on camera. Get the fuck off. Don't try to make any videos of me. You're never going to win. And I don't have the time to make videos about you, girl. I don't care. Like I, I was cordial. I was nice. I let it go. It was over. I had no beef. But you're you're making this a huge thing for your. I guess you need followers. I don't know. I guess you need to be famous. You're gonna end up being famous in the wrong way. Fucking with me, I promise. But just 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 keep doing. I'm adding it all up. I can't wait. Um. Well, there was no pay. Uh, Sambo Smitty. Uh, there was no pay. We never discussed pay, by the way. Pay was going to happen when we earned money. <laughs> so how the fuck would I have paid her and should have paid her? So, see, that's what you guys believe, uh, Matt, your her husband. Or, I, I mean, Sambo Smitty. <laughs> Chris Schneider, you're right. I, I don't. I don't have time. You're right. I, I should not be wasting my time on her. Um we got a great show right here and now. So make sure you're here on this Fearless Friday, uh, Friday the 13th. Jason strikes on these Friday the 13th. Just best believe. So don't understand it. Don't get it. Um, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Uh, Chase gets paid for his uh, super chats, by the way. Contrary to your belief, uh, Sambo Smitty. Um I love the dick riders that come in here and act like they know what's going on. It blows my fucking mind. It blows my fucking mind. Um, I, people think I, th I think people think we're making like millions of dollars or something on YouTube. And I'm just like, this, I'm the scandalous one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, this shit is comical. Uh, I love all the dick riders. Um, can't wait to get this up. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. Um, Sambo Smitty, another dick writer who needs attention. I'm sure he's related to uh, Sarah. Um, the Discord is set up. So, Andrew, go make sure you get it. Send it on over to her, too. Let her pay the $2.99 to get in it, too, since you're going to. I know you're a little snitch bitch. <laughs> so, come on over. Uh, make sure you become a member to get in that motherfucker. Um, Shane Bailey's in the house. What's going on? Uh, Bree, I'm trying to tell you, people worried about other people's money like crazy. Like this shit is like, like, I, I don't know if I was so scandalous and I'm just out here being a shyster. I don't know if I would have the people that I have on the show. I don't believe I would have the following that I have. I don't think people, I think you would hear more about it. Don't you guys think I would be called a shyster and a shady cat and I do people wrong every day? Wouldn't you hear more of that if that was really the the route that I choose to live my life. But but see, I don't choose to live my life that way because you can't live your life that way and be comfortable. So if I were here doing people wrong like y'all think I do, I think you'd hear more of it. I think you would have people coming out and showing it. But you don't. You don't. You have a small-minded little girl who can't get over me, who wants to keep sharing lies about it, when we know the truth, and I have the truth, and I can't wait to break it down. If she continues on this path, that is going to be detrimental. I don't give a fuck about her. I don't understand why I'm the con the, the topic of discussion in their household. I'm telling you, she calls my name out as she's getting fucked on the OnlyFans by her man. She's got to be calling my name out. 
God damn. Um, we got lots to discuss today. We're going to get into it. Um, Landon thinks the Seahawks are going to get smoked. I don't think they're getting smoked at all. I think it's hard to beat a team three times. We're going to get into that. But before that, oh, Hector, what up? Before this, I got to start. I got to start off. Uh, I got to start off with my Top Gun Maverick take. I got to get this off my chest, okay? I, I don't know where to start, man. I'm really in here like I got to fucking figure this out because you know me. I try to be honest and brutally honest, and I'm not doing it for fucking clicks and likes like a lot of you, contrary to belief, think I really do. Half of you, I think, truly know what I say is what I mean. And then the other half, the dick writers out there who don't know me, they think that I do it for clicks and likes. Like, why the fuck would I say some shit to fucking get likes and clicks? No, that's the truth. That's why Twitter deletes some of my shit when I posted about Peyton Hillis not being talked about. But we're blowing up this Hamlin deal. Like, let's keep it real. Let's talk about all the motherfucking people. But when I say it, they delete it. But... I can really give a fuck less about a tweet and a re-like and a like and all that other bullshit. I really don't care. I tell you exactly how I feel. I type to you how I talk on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, whatever it may be. I, I think the real ones understand that. I think the fake ones don't realize that. All right. So here it is. I purposely did not watch the second Top Gun. I've purposely denied watching it. I've purposely stayed away from it. I've purposely told people I will not watch it. I don't want to watch. I've said on this show, Tom Cruise, 40 years later, with a shitload of makeup and all this shit to make him look like the same age as he was 30 years ago, I don't want to watch that. Top Gun should have came out 30 years ago, the second one. Not 40 years later. I don't want to see Top Gun 40 years later. I want to see it, Top Gun 2, 5 to 10 years after it came out. There was a lot to go through 5 or 10 years ago. But Jerry Bruckenmeyer, Bruckenmeyer or whatever his name is, come out, make it again. And I'm going to tell you, dog, I'm watching it last night in my cigar lounge, smoking a stick, and I'm sitting there like, this is exactly why I did not want to watch this movie. This is why I did not want to watch this movie. I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, fuck me. Exactly. I, I swear to God, this is exactly why I didn't want to watch it. It was a movie to check all the boxes, okay? We had the female pilot. We had the little gay kid, uh, you know, I don't know if he really was gay on the movie, but he was really, you know, not the masculine fighter pilot we want. Uh, and then, you know, you got you got fucking Tom Cruise back and then Val Kilmer, you know, he he speaks for the first time on camera because I know he's got some throat cancer issues. I mean, you couldn't make a more fucking happy feel good movie goose's son like, dog i'm watching this shit like you got to be fucking shitting me this is the feel good movie we all wanted to see huh 
come on, man. We got the Admiral's daughter that you got to Google to see who she is. Like, wait, that's not Kelly McGillis. Who is it? Oh, it's the girl that he used to fly by, the Admiral's daughter in the fucking booth. And that's his daughter no one saw. Like, get the fuck out of here. Are you guys shitting me that you think that was a good fucking flick? Hey, let me ask you guys something. Did this movie not show you how fucking soft we are as a society? Did you see anyone die in that one? Did anybody die in this one? At least Goose died in the first one and a fucking couple MIGs got shot down and they died. Even the bad guy bandits at the end got the ejection button hit. And guess what? You see him floating over beyond yonder. You see him floating yonder that he lived. We knew the bad guy lived. Can't kill nobody no more. This isn't dog. Everybody lived. Like, Maverick should have died in the movie. Shoot him down, saving Goose's son. That would have been a better fucking ending. I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah, Maverick's going down, saving Goose's son. Oh, man. They're fucking on the snow. I'm like, dude, they extended this movie way too long. They're down on the snow. Fucking Ma- Maverick pushes Goose's son down. Why the fuck did you come back here and save my life? Uh, I'm like, is this, is this a fucking comedy? It turned out to be a comedy. It turned out to be a fucking comedy at the end of the movie. Like, real shit. Then they infiltrate the bad guy's base. They don't tell you where it's at, really. They go infiltrate and get the fucking F-14 fighter pilot, pilot or uh, fighter jet. Let's go get the, the, F-15, the F-14. This is what my dad died in, Maverick. Oh, let's make it the climax ending we all wanted. Let's get in the F-14 my dad died in. Let's, let's get off the runway that's 35 yards long. Let's get up and over everything. Clip the wheel. of a meaningful movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And if any of you motherfuckers really think that was a legitimate movie, you are the epitome of what's wrong with your fucking soft generation. And the coaches in this chat right now, all coaches, God damn, I love you guys, but please don't tell me you like this movie. Because I know you're going to go kiss your players' asses today instead of motherfucking them. No, you can't tell me that movie was legit. That was the softest fucking movie. Did you see the fucking, instead of volleyball, we're going to play two-man, two-football, offense-defense, nerf football. Like, give me a fucking, give me a lockup scene with Stallone in the pen where motherfuckers are getting stomped out playing football in the mud. Give me that scene. I don't want to see a fucking two-hand touch fucking beach football scene. And... (laughs) Dog, that movie was fucking awful. It was so bad. I cannot believe that Pat McAfee and all the boys... Loved that movie so fucking much. And they kept talking about it and talking about it. And I'm like, damn, I got to watch Maverick. Oh, Pat, the boys, I can't wait to tweet out at you motherfuckers later today. 
That movie's so goddamn soft. I'm in disappointment right now. I'm in disappoint. I'm disappointed in my main guys, Pat, and you guys like that movie. No, Schmidt. No, Ty Schmidt. You like that shit? Oh, oh my god. I know exactly why Maverick, Top Gun 2, made so much money. I know exactly why. Because this is what we are. We are the check all the boxes. Let's get a female in the cockpit. Knowing damn well it's against her fucking DNA. She, we know they're not killers by nature. They're lovers by nature. Let's put a woman in there. Who, by the way, didn't shoot down anything. Let's put a woman in there. Let's put a feminine data analytics fucking, let's put fucking Staley in that motherfucker. Coach Staley was Bob, okay? Let's put Coach Staley as the as the wingman uh, Bob, okay? Coach Staley was Bob. And, uh, and then we got, who else was it? Uh... I mean, fuck, dude. Lucky we didn't have any, you know, uh, non-binary people in the movie. God forbid that happened. I mean, we would have checked all the boxes. (laughs) Kid Puggy, you're probably right. Probably the first movie you could go after the pandemic, right? Probably the first movie in theaters you could go watch. Oh, man. Oh, that shit was so fucking funny. I thought it was a com- I thought it was a comedy. I swear, to- I thought it was a comedy, dog. I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, this is a comedy. This is a comedy. Hey, I got to be honest. Uh, you know me. They're going to try to cancel my ass. I, I, hey, can't say what you want to say. You can't live in free world. We're not in a free world, dog. We can't say what we want to say. I cannot give you my opinion on Top Gun Maverick. Without people wanting to cancel me. It blows my fucking mind. I can't tell you Patrick Mahomes is overrated without people's. <laughs> people are so mad at me that I don't think Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. It un- it's unfucking believable. Oh my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, Chris, you know them well. That's what people get now. We get canceled for having opinions now, dog. You know, right? You already know. Uh, here's some more cancellation for you. For your, uh, here's some more for you. I want to make sure you understand. Lucy, all the women, uh, you gotta, you got to take... Please listen to this. Please listen to this. The cover of Cosmopolitan magazine used to be something that used to motivate our generations to get into shape, eat right. We want to look like the Cosmo cover girl, right? Lucy, am I wrong? Uh, Bree, all the women in the chat, am I wrong for saying this? Cosmopolitan, the, the actual magazine, used to be something of motivational tactics, in my opinion. This is what we aspire to be. Let's look at this. Playboy magazine, right? We hey, like women used to the haters looked at Playboy that were big old fat wobble body 600 pound lives and were and mad at their husband that they were in the back room jacking off to Playboy 
because your fucking their wife looked like a 600 pound life fucking donut eating fat fuck. She's in the house and you wonder why your husband's in the fucking back room jacking off to Playboy. Well, guess what? Many men jacked off to Cosmopolitan magazine too. They jacked off to Cosmopolitan magazines too. Well, men in the room, please tell me, are you jacking off to this fucking Cosmopolitan magazine? Are you fucking shitting me? This is the new fucking Cosmo? This is the new Cosmo? This is the new Cosmo? Come on, dog. Like, come on, man. This is the new Cosmopolitan magazine. This is healthy. 11 women on why wellness doesn't have to be one size fits all. Well, fuck. This bitch's size don't fit none. You gotta be shitting me. This is what the world has become. Now we are mediocre and we think it's the new fucking excellence. Mediocrity is the new excellence. This is why we are fucking accepting of every single mediocre thing in America. Because now we're putting this in your fucking faces. We're throwing it in mainstream medias, fucking throwing it at you and throwing it at you and throwing it at you. And you're trying to defend it and dodge and then you're getting it stuck on you. And the shit's sticking on your ass. And I'm going to be honest. I'm not trying to get into politics and all that shit. You know, I hate that shit. But goddamn, if that's healthy, then my dick's going to stay tucked away under my balls for a long fucking time. If I can't go get a fucking magazine that has somebody that looks decently in shape on it with someone, some type of fucking goals that I can aspire to be like, so this is what we're going to be. We're going to aspire to be this. Hey, Bree, can you not wait to go out and not work out today and go eat a bunch of fucking donuts? That's what we're going to be, American women. Hey, I want to aspire to be this fucking fat ass. I don't want to be the fucking beauty that we used to be. I want to go out and just flop around. Fuck it. You wonder why our fucking, our fucking divorce rates are up? And I'm not, I'm not saying this is just for women. By God, God, please understand. The men in this country are worse than all the women. I mean, we're a bunch of 600-pound life fucks. That's why you know I fucking tried to lose 40 pounds just because I didn't want to be that fucking fat ass sitting around. Holy fuck. Are you shitting me, though? Are you goddamn shitting me? I can't have this thing up long enough. Uh, it blows my fucking mind, man. It blows my fucking mind that that is what we are. That is the cover of Cosmopolitan magazine. That is where we are in 2023. No, Colton deal. Divorce is up because that right there. Because your fat ass looks horrible and your wife wants to fuck out and her fat ass looks horrible and the husband wants to fuck out. That's why divorce is up. And you won't get off your fucking phone, Colton. That's why divorce is up. You won't go out and fucking walk around the block with your doggy, and you won't sit down at dinner and put your fucking phones away. 
That's why your fucking divorce is at an all-time rate. Don't give me that bullshit. You're fucking at dinner, at home, on your phone the whole fucking time. That's why divorce is up. You go to Fridays with your family and nobody talks to each other. All fucking eight of you are on your fucking cell phone. That's why divorce is at an all-time high. I've done the research. I've done the shit. Trust me. I've done the shit. I've been to Fridays and Applebee's and all these places. I wanted to go in there, places I never go. And I'm sitting there looking at these motherfuckers not even talking to each other. There's guys on first dates. Guy and a girl on a first date, and they're on their fucking phone the whole time. How the fuck are you? I wouldn't be surprised if they were DMing the motherfucking each other at the table. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. That is what real shit is. That's what it really is. Colton, I'm not, I wasn't talking to you, dumb fuck. So don't get all defensive. Don't get all butt hurt. I wasn't talking to you. You're not even a member anyway, so shut the fuck up. I'm not wasting time on your sorry ass. I wasn't talking to you, though, just so we're clear. I was saying divorce is the fat fucks in America. So, goddamn, that's a problem with you guys. Like, I can see Colton's never had um, a bar. Uh, this guy, Colton, has never had a barbershop argument. You can tell, you can tell this motherfucking soft pussy in here has never been in an argument where motherfuckers raised their voice. And he's never been, never have heard a mama joke. This motherfucker's never heard a mama joke in his life if he is that fucking sensitive and he thinks I called him fat. (laughs) This motherfucker told me to go to his IG. Bitch, motherfucking please. You think I want to go to your IG, motherfucker? You soft pussy. You motherfuckers can't even argue in a barbershop, homie. And you think you can fucking talk with me? You motherfuckers can't even handle a mama joke. Your generation slaps motherfuckers on stage telling jokes. Your generation wants to cancel motherfuckers telling jokes. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck your IG, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck about your IG, little pussy bitch. I don't give a fuck about your model ass having ass. That's why you like fucking Maverick. That's why you like Top Gun Maverick, motherfucker. You soft pussies. You motherfuckers are so goddamn soft. It motherfucking blows my fucking mind. Go check my IG. Bitch, please check these motherfucking balls in your jaws. How about that? I'm going to DM you a picture of my nutsack and then share that shit. Fucking Colton. Your name gives me fucking cringe vibes. What is the word you motherfuckers use? Cringe. Colton. Motherfucker, take your bitch ass back to the golf course, homie, and put your sweater vest on, motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Check my IG. Bitch, fucking please. Check these nuts. You soft motherfuckers ain't never been in an argument in your motherfucking life that they've raised their voice in. And nowadays, if you raise your voice in a barbershop, your pussy ass in there would be like, oh my God, daddy, get me out of here. I want to go back on IG. I got to live back in fantasy land. I got to be protected by my cell phone. Please, cell phone, take me back. (laughs) 
Let's get it going. Uh, I should throw some whiskey in my motherfucking coffee. It's supposed to rain like no other tomorrow. It's supposed to flood like a motherfucker. I can, man, it, 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 it is real talk. If you can't have an argument in a barbershop, you are fucking pussy soft. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. I go to the barbershop all the motherfucking time, and guess what? My homeboy, Dave Boston, who's a barber, who cuts my hair when I'm in town, cuts my hair to this day. Bald cut. And, and lines me up. So get the fuck out of here. I love barbershop. And I love talking shit in barbershops. And usually I'm the only white motherfucker in the barbershop. And usually I'm in Compton or Long Beach getting my cut. So please don't get it twisted. Please understand who the fuck I am. I'm not an actor. I'm as real as a motherfucker get. So please address me in public and you know I'll talk. Talk and I'll talk back. Please don't get it twisted. But I guarantee you, half of you want to jump back in this motherfucking phone right here. You want to get back on IG. You want to get, you want to be hidden with a private profile. Hidden with the private, no picture. I want to be on Instagram, no picture. Nobody knows who I am. I'm going to talk shit. JB, fuck JB, he's a bitch. But that motherfucker will not come to the barbershop where I'm at. I know that shit, homeboy. I guarantee motherfucking T you won't come to the barbershop that I go to. But is what it is. Hey, Colton Deal. Hey, dog. I respect the fuck out of you for being here every day if that's the case. I haven't really seen you because you're not a member. So... If you come back every day and can dish it out and talk shit, I love it. That's what life should be. I think you should disagree all the fucking time. I think you should be able to talk shit with loud voices and doesn't mean it escalates to anything else. But guess what? We're so fucking soft nowadays in society in general. Why do you think 15-year-old kid? Why is there a six-year-old little boy shooting a teacher in class? Have you guys heard about that story? No one's talked about that shit. No one's talked about that. We talked about fucking Hamlin over all things for two weeks. No one's talked about the six-year-old kid taking a gun to school and shooting the teacher. How about no one's talked about that shit? And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? But you wonder why the society is so fucking soft because we can't have barbershop talk no more. We can't have barbershop talk. Because now, if something is said in a loud voice, or someone cusses at someone, a fucking little pussy boy, 14, 15, 16-year-old, is going to pull out a gun and pistol shoot and shoot you with a pistol. Because they can't handle any fucking argument. They can't handle being told the truth. They can't handle being clowned. They're so worried about what social media thinks and the peer pressure they're facing. They got to pull out a pistol because they're so fucking pussy scared. Don't think they're fucking gangsters because they pull out a pistol. Motherfucker, please. Motherfucker couldn't have bust a grape in a fruit fight. It takes nobody can go by and drive by and shoot a motherfucker. That's the biggest bitch made motherfuckers in our life. We used to call motherfuckers bitches that used to do drive-bys. We used to go look for those motherfuckers because those were the pussies. Motherfucker, the gangster's the one that walks right up to your face and pulls out the pistol and shoots you in your mouth. But see, not, that don't exist no more. It's a run and shoot away and you shoot you in the back while I run away. Motherfucker, please. 
You cats, man. I'm just telling you. Scared as pussy, man. Scared as pussy. It is what it is, man. It's just we're so scared nowadays, man. It's fucking unbelievable. Um, Top Gun, man. I'm 40 minutes into the show. I haven't even got past Top Gun, dog. Let's get this shit out the way. That shit is the most fucking overrated sequel. It ain't better than any Lethal Weapon sequel. It ain't better than... <sighs> Fuck, man. It ain't better than Bad Boy sequel. It ain't better than Friday sequels. It ain't better than fucking... Uh, fucking Rush Hour sequel. It ain't better than Rocky sequel. It ain't better than Creed sequel. It ain't better than... Of course, it ain't better than any Rockies. Um... I would argue it's not better than a hundred other sequels. <laughs> it might be better than a Jurassic Park sequel. I, I fuck, I don't know, but it ain't very good. It ain't very good. <clears throat> Top Gun is fucking garbage. I'm just being honest. Sean Waffle, if you're old school like me, I think you'll agree. It checks all the boxes. It's soft as pussy. Nobody gets shot down. Nobody dies. Everybody's saved by a fucking ejection button. It's a fucking comedy. It is so fucking soft. It is unbelievably the most overrated. It made a billion dollars in the box office because of what we are in society. Further proving it. Telling you. I'm telling you. That's what it is. Um... And then we got this, Sean Waffle. We got this bitch on the cover of Cosmopolitan because that's who we are now. That is the new healthy, apparently. <laughs> um, word on the street is Ovi Ogohufo, whatever the fuck his name is, he transferred from Texas to LSU because Arch Manning demanded number 18. So Ovi, Avi, whatever his name is at Texas, he wore number 18. He transferred to LSU because Arch Manning said he was getting at number 18. And it was all over social media. This kid got butt hurt. Once again, he got butt hurt because social media, fuck being prideful, fuck fighting for what's yours, fuck telling Arch Manning this is my number, fuck going to Coach Sark and saying, listen, man, we can have double numbers. Let's, let's, Arch ain't going to play defense ever, right? Like, dog, we're transferring now because this motherfucker didn't get his number. He didn't get the number he wanted, so he transferred? Come on, man. Are you shitting me? Is that real? Is this real? Can somebody verify this as being real? Avi Ogahofo, whatever his name is. Transferred to LSU because Arch Manning's getting number 18. Come on, dog. Come on, man. Let's keep it real. Um, Brian, I think I know you could have two numbers. How do you think I'm the best recruiter in America? Don't you think I had one through nine twice? One through nine on offense? One through nine on defense? I was the first motherfucker doing this back in 2005 at Compton College. Ask my players. Cam, you in here? Ask my players. I'm the first one that ever did that shit. Whoever did the double numbers. I was the first motherfucker. I'm like, dog, why can't we have one through nine twice? That way I could get twice as many good players. Because all the pussies want one through nine. Those are your skill players. Those are your best players. 
well, let me go get one through nine on offense and let me go get one through nine on defense. As long as they're not on the field at the same time, they're legal. But what does JB know? What does JB know? <laughs> what does JB know? Um, all you guys, pound the like button, subscribe, become a member. The new Discord is out. Slap Nation is here. The coaches crew in the Discord, $2.99 a month. Go become a member today if you're not one already. We've already had some uh, become members overnight. I appreciate all you guys. Much love to everybody in the chat and the community. Um, can't thank you guys enough. Check it out. Go on over there. Uh, 2023 Hall of Fame coaches and players came out. College, college coaches and players. Um, college coaches and players um, has came out. Paul Johnson. I love Paul Johnson to death. I think he's an innovative coach. I think he's great. Paul Johnson is uh, has been his name's been put in. Monty Cater, Roy Kramer, and Mark Richt. Mark Richt is fighting for his life with Parkinson's disease. I believe he has right now. Uh, Mark Richt uh, had a great year, great runs at Georgia. Nothing like Kirby Smart's going through right now, but he had some runs at Georgia. He had a lot of loaded teams that went on to the NFL, players that went on to the NFL. And then he took over, I think, at uh, took over at uh, FIU at uh, Florida International, and uh, and then kind of got out of it, got sick. So. Uh, you know, Mark Rick uh, is going through his little deal. He was inducted into the, the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. Players that were inducted. Eric Berry played for the Kansas City Chiefs. Long time. Eric Berry, run, uh, DB. Great. Michael Bishop, uh, the, the great K-State quarterback who play, actually played baseball at Independence Community College where I was at in Kansas. All right. Let me just throw this out there. Michael Bishop played junior college football in Texas. Played junior college baseball in Kansas. And was a K-State legend, um, had a lot of good years, got a shot in the league. He has been inducted to the junior or into the college football hall of fame. Reggie Bush, as I showed the other day, Dwight Freeney, uh, much deserving college football great. Uh at um Robert Gallery, the famous great Ohio State O lineman, was a big time player back in the day. LaMichael James, great Oregon running back. He had a good college career. Uh, Derek Johnson, if you remember that name, the linebacker, Derek Johnson, Bill Kohler, Luke, uh, Luke Cookley, or whatever his name is, Cuckley, Cookley. He got inducted already pretty quick, to be honest. Uh, he's had a pretty good career, uh, good linebacker, making a lot of tackles. Jeremy Macklin, man, I remember Jeremy Macklin was a hell of a receiver at Missouri, uh, Missouri. Uh, Jeremy Macklin had a good college career. I remember him. He used to stand out, man. This was, He was a good-ass player. Terrence Mathis, another great Colt, um, great college career. Bryant McKinney. Bryant McKinney, man, I haven't heard that name in a long time. Bryant McKinney had a great college career. Corey Moore, uh, defensive end, undersized defensive end out of Virginia Tech, had a great college career. He was inducted into the College Hall of Fame. Michael Stonebreaker. Fuck, I haven't heard that name. Troy Vincent, the NFL PA uh, president right now. Troy Vincent. Brian Westbrook, another Eagle. Uh, Brian Westbrook, the running back. Um, he was inducted. D'Angelo Williams. Man, I remember that name. I haven't heard that name in a while. D'Angelo Williams had a hell of a career. Uh, and then Tim Tebow rounds it out. College Football Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, a lot of you guys don't remember that 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 uh, that um, 
those names right there, but they were put into the College Hall of Fame. Uh, I had to give those guys a shout out um, and, and, and break that down. I believe Aaron Rodgers is done. I believe he's gone, and I think I have proof onto why. If you guys haven't heard this, uh, Alan, I don't know if you've seen this or heard this, but take a listen. This is it, Aaron. Last um, one. Is it last time out there or last time here? What are you going to miss? I'm going to miss your questions, Bill. <laughs> and Mike Clemens taking 10 seconds to do a lead up. And Pete angling for something. And Bob writing stories about my personal life. <laughs> You've been good lately, though. Thanks. And Jason bringing it back home with something that's kind of heavy hitting. Stephanie Sutton coming out of left field. Good question. I miss the guys. I miss the fans. Yeah. Thank you. He's gone. Um, he clearly does not like those people asking those questions, writing those stories. He has clearly shown that people have taken his life and become made it into a mockery because he does ayahuasca and he does this and he didn't take the shot and all that blah 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 he is clearly fed up and i can see i'm a good judge of character now i think he's gone if i was betting on my house i would say he's out of there but i do not think he's retiring by any means i think he's going to play on the west coast somewhere that's just my opinion that's just my personal opinion i don't see him retiring no fuck no he ain't retiring he ain't retiring. Now, listen, he has no desire to chase Tom Brady because he knows he's not catching Tom Brady. Um, he knows he's not catching Tom Brady with Super Bowls, and I don't think he really cares about anything else um, regarding, um, like, I don't believe he really cares about anything um yards touchdowns he don't give a fuck about any of that so retiring maybe but i don't see it i don't see it i don't, I really don't i don't really see it um i don't really see it um brian k sent me a thing i've been everyone been blowing me up about this uh this five-star recruit that went to alabama that's leaving michigan now um he's going to his fifth school his fifth school uh, Yabi Oki. Um, he's headed to his fifth school and, uh, he was like the top rated player in the 18 recruiting class from Alabama. Um, five years ago, he's entered the NCAA transfer portal on Thursday and, uh, he's a grad transfer, by the way, he was the four star number four star number four rated uh, player nationally in two four seven composite when he signed with Alabama in 2017. He played in 12 games as a freshman in 18, earning all freshman SEC honors and record and recording two sacks in a loss. Then he was suspended by Alabama and entered the transfer portal before the 19th season, landing at Houston. But Houston dismissed him after the 19th season. And after sitting out the 20 season, he later joined Tennessee Martin. 
for the 21 season. And then Oki transferred again to Michigan before the 22 season. Changing his last name to honor his mother, he finished the season with two and a half sacks for the Wolverines. Oki played at St. Francis in Baltimore, the same school where the Tide found 2025 star edge rusher Chris Broswell, who is expected to be a starter in 2023. This is the problem, dog. This is why we have a fucking pandemic and epidemic. It's this transfer portal. Like, these motherfuckers, this is his fifth school? Come on, man. Cavassier Smoke, he went to Jackson State. He's going to Jackson State, right? Is that the kid that's from uh, Nebraska? What's his name? Or is that not the kid, right? Whatever the kid, what was the kid's name we were fucking around with? He left Nebraska, he's going to Jackson State. Is that Smoke? I forgot. I I don't know. Like, I don't, I, like, at some point, dog, does it not become a, a mockery? Like, I'm going to go to five colleges in five years. Like, is that not a red flag? I, I'm just curious. Is that not like a huge, oh, the coldest, the coldest, uh, the, the coldest. That's right, the coldest, the coldest. These kids don't give a fuck about no degree no more. These cats don't give a fuck about no degree. Come on, man. Um, yeah, he's done. Um, I gotta give, I gotta show you my dog. I gotta show you my pups that, uh, I love so much. Bonham and Bailey, who I love to death, uh, crushed my soul that I had to get rid of them. Uh, Roy Williams, a great, uh, Oklahoma Sooner, Dallas Cowboy, sent me a picture last night. They, Bonham has always been a pussy when it comes to the cold. He does not like the cold weather. Bailey don't give a shit. Uh, he told me, or his wife tells me that, it, that, that Bailey goes over to the, to the gate, uh, where the golfers are golfing and the golfers come up to her and she loves it. Um, she's a people dog, but here's a little picture that they sent me, uh, over at Roy Williams house. Uh, this is at the, they have a patio outside, uh, by the pool and this work. Roy has a little cigar lounge set up pretty nice, but, uh, that's Bonham and Bailey, uh, my my cherished uh, dogs. I love them to death. Uh, it's good when I see pictures all the time. They send me videos and pictures all the time. So shout out to Roy Williams, his lovely wife, great kids. Uh, they're out in Oklahoma and 30-degree uh, weather out there right now. So so Bonham hates the cold. He's a California dog. You know, he wants to be in that uh, – he wants to be back here in, the, in that warm weather. Uh, but they're 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 living the life uh, with Roy. So uh, and they're two they're inseparable. They can't be parted. So um, good to see those two um, doing well. Shout out. Just gave an update. Slap big bullies still in effect. Um, Got a show. I wanted to. Boy, Chad's going to send me a video of uh, Walter Payton. I want to show, I want to get that up if uh, I can uh, when uh, when his son joins in. I loved, uh, I loved, uh, you know, Walter Payton is, is, I put him in my top five, you already know, when it comes to running backs. I can't wait. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Garrett. I'm going to ask Garrett. Um, I'm going to ask Garrett, like, is Emmett Smith in your top five? I got to ask him. Maybe he says yes. Uh, you know me. I'm against it. Or yeah, in the top 10. I'm going to say top 10. I'm going to ask him if he's in top 10. I don't. He's not in my top 10, but it is what it is. 
Um, Luke outshines LeBron in a double overtime thriller. LeBron don't even contest the final shots by Luca, and y'all call him the GOAT. He's fucking pussy soft. He doesn't even contest a layup from Luca late in the game. Because the game's over or what? You, you concede? Dog, LeBron has done this over and over and over in his career. He's missed crucial free throws in his career to lose games, and he's missed meaningful and he doesn't even take meaningful shots dog he passes the ball so he can take it off his shoulders so he's not the guy that missed the shot he don't want to be the guy that takes the last shot he don't have it in him he ain't that guy but you motherfuckers love to call him the goat just like you do patrick mahomes and i gotta show you this video i want to show you a video from a fellow youtuber who created a, a video a sped up video of Patrick Mahomes as to why he's overrated. Take a listen. Patrick Mahomes, you probably think of the Super Bowl winning quarterback, one of the best young players in the league, and the guy the Chicago Bears wish they drafted over Mitch Trubisky. Yet there is one word that you probably don't think of that you should, overrated. Hello everyone and welcome back to our channel, where today we're going to be going over the three reasons why Patrick Mahomes is the most overrated player in the NFL. Let's get right into it. He hasn't been the same since the Super Bowl loss. Yes, it is possible for a player to have a down year at times, but not when several people already have put Patrick Mahomes in the conversation for greatest quarterback of all time this early in his career. If that's the case, he can't afford to have a season like 2021 where he was overthrowing or underthrowing his receivers and just made some boneheaded decisions, almost like he thought he was playing backyard football. Mahomes must improve his decision-making and get the ball out of his hands quicker instead of running around for several seconds in the backfield while the blocking in front of him breaks down. While it worked to an extent in the Super Bowl loss before he started getting ragdolled by the Buccaneers' defense, it proved to be a disadvantage all throughout the past season, especially in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. If Mahomes truly isn't severely overrated, the Chiefs better hope that he doesn't start to regress this early in his career. He choked against the Bengals twice. Mahomes has led his team back from the brink of defeat several times in his young career, most recently in the thrilling AFC Divisional Round battle against the Buffalo Bills. Yet against the Bengals, the Chiefs had a lead going into halftime twice and lost both games. In their regular season matchup, the Chiefs were up 28-17 going into the half and Mahomes had two touchdown passes. In the second half, Mahomes would not throw another touchdown as his Chiefs squad could only muster out three points and the Bengals would come from behind and win 34-31. In the AFC Championship game, KC had a 21-10 lead going into the half with another Super Bowl berth all but locked up. What happened in the second half, you ask? Just the same story as the regular season game with Mahomes and the Chiefs only putting up three points and eventually losing the game in overtime. Several people will blame head coach Andy Reid for his decisions near the end of the first half, but he was under the impression that Mahomes could lead the team to victory. Superstar quarterbacks don't settle for field goals and punts. They give you touchdowns and trips to the Super Bowl. He's been surrounded by star power. This upcoming season will be the true test of Mahomes' abilities. Ever since coming into the league, the Texas Tech alum has had several reliable options to throw to. Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest receivers in the league, and his burning speed allowed him to create quick separation almost immediately after the snap. If Hill was double teamed, there was no problem for Mahomes, as he could just dump the ball off to Pro Bowl tight end Travis Kelsey, who was considered a top three tight end in the NFL. 
Mecole Hardman has also emerged as an extremely solid wide receiver two option for the Chiefs if both Hill and Kelsey were covered. However, things have been shaking up significantly this upcoming season for the red and gold. Tyreek Hill was shipped off to South Beach to the Dolphins in a blockbuster trade. The Chiefs signed a replacement in Juju Smith-Schuster, yet Steelers fans will tell you that Juju is severely overrated himself. Without his star speedster, Mahomes won't be able to just fire a prayer 50 yards downfield. He'll have to be smarter with his decision-making, something that was lacking in the AFC Championship matchup with the Bengals. Of course, everything in the offseason is just mere speculation, but given what we saw near the end of last season from Mahomes, it's quite possible to see a massive drop-off in production. Look, there's no doubt that Patrick Mahomes has shown flashes of brilliance in his very young career for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yet several fans and analysts have already jumped the gun and put him in the conversation for the greatest of all time alongside the one and only Tom Brady. Mahomes is only five seasons into his pro career, and putting him on a list with one of the greatest athletes in history is just setting him up for massive failure. With that being said, that's all the time that we have. So, again, I love when I hear uh, people that come in the chat. And, and, and guess what? Trigger word, trigger word, trigger word happened. Trigger word. He didn't listen to the guy at all. He didn't listen to the guy at all. He just didn't listen at all. He just watched the film. No, you want to watch old film? <laughs> but you didn't listen to the motherfucker at all. It blows my fucking mind. So many fucking soft pussies out there. You guys can't listen. You can't fucking do it. It is unbelievable. You can't do it. Like, you got to be shitting me, dog. Did you fucking listen to what he said? All that's October seventh, nineteen eighty-four, Soldier Field, Chicago. Matt McChesney joins us. What up? Who, who was that? What? Who was that on the video? Mahomes. <clears throat> nah. Who was the dude doing it? Oh, I don't have no idea. Wow. Did you like hearing him? Hey, but at least you listen to him. See, you listen to him, Matt. That's all I care about. Yeah, you listen to what he said. I, yeah, I don't know his voice. Sound like a fucking weirdo. I, I'm he, just saying. He's wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong though at all. No, he is wrong. He he's not wrong like at all. Movie. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is about to win the fucking MVP again, and Kansas City's going back. Of to the course season. he is, dude, because he's a great commercial maker. What do you mean? We're, we give MVPs to the popular guys, Matt. You know this. Come on, man. Right. Lamar Jackson was the MVP too. So he, he had an unbelievable over- year when he was the MVP. I'm not going to sit here and argue greatness just because you found one guy on the internet that agrees with you. <laughs> uh, no, it's not one guy on the internet. Look, I've been seeing this guy. Mahomes, Mahomes is an elite. You know how I feel. I do. I that's no lie. Mahomes and is an elite. Not, you know me. I'm not ignorant. I'm not going to sit here and say he's horrible. He's garbage. He's shitty. I'm well, not he's good because none of that's true. He's fucking. Yeah, he's he's, he's a freak of nature talent. There's no question about it. But what I'm saying is, we anointed Aaron Rodgers a few years back when he came out hot and heavy too. He's won one fucking Super Bowl, and we he was the goat. And now I'm arguing that Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Yeah, but one of your favorite players ever is Dan Marino. He never won shit. I, I know exactly right. That's why I don't. That's why I say I can't ever put him down as the goat. But I'm just saying, like we talk. I, I said, I said my criteria, Matt. Winning, all right. He's won a Super Bowl. Mahomes has. Marino didn't. So I, I, I have to drop Marino down. Aaron Rodgers has won, but so does Matthew Stafford. 
Eli Manning has two, but we know skill set wise, Eli's not top five as far as he's not on Elway and and Marino and all these guys' skill set, but he won two Super Bowl. He's a one percenter. Troy Aikman's won three, and I think his skill set was unbelievable. Joe Burrow hasn't won a Super Bowl yet, but I think he's the single greatest quarterback in this class right now, playing right now in the NFL. I think Burrow's the best, but that's just me. He has to win Super Bowls. I'm not going to anoint Burrow the greatest ever until he can win some Super Bowls. So, like, I got to have a skill set, a winning, at a, a Super Bowl champion, and a guy that has the it factor. And, I mean, dog, Mahomes has been surrounded by one of the greatest rosters for four straight years. He only has one Super Bowl, and we're calling him the GOAT. He should have beat Brady then. He has two inter- he has two touchdowns and two Super Bowls, Matt. Four interceptions. Like, why nobody talks about that? He's the Super Bowl greatest, though? Come on. So, look, I've never said he's the greatest quarterback ever, but he's a top 10 player at that position, in my opinion. I've got him in my top five. I can't remember what I said. Uh, all-timer right now. He's in, my all, he's in my all-time top 10, yes. Already? Oh, yeah. Four he's years probably, in. He's probably the only modern quarterback other than Brady in it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is nine or 10, probably, but in, he doesn't really do it. He's, he's a good player, but... Aaron doesn't elevate his teammates. So oh, you I got th- Mahomes ahead of Aaron Rodgers all time. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. Um, but see, fuck you, Matt. You got your own opinions. Fuck your opinion. I I've been, I've actually I'm getting castrated on Twitter because I have my opinion about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like, motherfucker, I got an opinion. So fucking what? Matt has his own opinion. So fucking what? Yeah, that's people, people are, conversation. There's just, there's Twitter muscles, bro. You know, it's the same thing that's going on uh, with all the Twitter beef right now between you and someone else. It's all Twitter muscles. It's all bullshit. Like, everybody oh, just. No, it's not Twitter beef. I don't even, I don't even see it. I just get people sending it to me. I'm not doing it back. No, that would that's, be beef. That's I'd be going back and It's forth. just Twitter muscles. It's like yeah, it, it was well, like somebody Twitter. on a fucking no. on a on a on a landline somewhere, like chiming in and then hanging up real quick. So yeah, that was the next day. It, it is what it is. Look, the the quarterback conversation is almost almost as good as the like all time greatest basketball player conversation. So. This is something that you can always spark good conversation off of, good banter. Um, you know, there's a lot of different criteria that that come into the best signal caller ever. I mean, my favorite player at the position and my number one is Elway, but he, you know, you can, anybody that doesn't say Brady first gets shit on. And that's just because of rings. But from a personal perspective, Elway's my number one. He's the guy I grew up watching and I loved. Brady would be two. Montana's in there. Favre is in there. Manning's in there. You know, Mahomes is in there. Dan Marino has to be on the list, even though he didn't win. He still has to be there. I mean, he he pretty much without Dan Marino, there is no Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. Um, so hey, hold on. let me call Sarah Blake and see get her take on this. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you are you are you a fan of this new healthy? <laughs> I mean, this is Cosmopolitan, Matt. This is the new Cosmo. Is this the same chick on the Gatorade commercial? <laughs> I don't know, but this is the new Cosmo cover. Like, 
Back in the day, Matt, when we were growing up, we used to jack off to Cosmo and Playboy because our girlfriend and wife were right? So we got away. We went in the back room. Nowadays, and then the females used to look at Cosmo magazine and say, damn, I want to be like her. I want to aspire to be like her. Now we're in this era where that is the new fucking, we're aspiring to be her? Well, look, I just, I'm not fat shaming or anything. I can't fat shame. I'm 330. I can say whatever I want. You're addicted to Yeah, but I can say whatever I want. I'm a fat personal trainer. So anybody that takes offense to this, do like double birds. That shit ain't healthy. No one should aspire to be obese. I'm that's I'm sorry, but it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And like the you can't even look at her armpits, dog. The fact that they're saying this is healthy is not healthy, especially now these days where you know, COVID and diseases and everything. Like there's so much research that goes into saying if you're obese and you have diabetes or you're overweight and you have problems, things that you look, no offense to all the, all the folks out there who have weight problems, you can control this. You can get on the bike. You can eat differently. There's nothing that's like holding you back from being healthy other than your brain and your laziness. And I'm sorry if you get offended by this, but that shit is enabling. That's not productive. I'm not saying you have to fat shame, but you have to be like honest. We we can't just fucking pull this veil over our eyes because somebody's fucking feelings might get hurt because of that. Like, I can't believe we're talking about that on this show. But at the same time, if you're bringing it up, I'll give you an answer. That shit ain't healthy. No. And let me ask you. I'm telling you, if I'm a person, look, I'm a football coach. So, but if I was a personal trainer first, and like the whole goal for like, say, Coach JB wants to come get ripped, right? <laughs> and Coach walks in, he's like, "Yo, Matt, I'm here to get fucking shredded, son. What's your ab plan?" And I stand up and I'm like, "I'm 3:30, and I like cheeseburgers and motherfucking ice cream and egg. Like, I, I'm not really a big egg whites fan. And we're gonna be fucking, you know, we're gonna be hammering some pizzas on the weekend. You're gonna look at me and be like." I told you I wanted to get abs. I didn't. I told you I didn't want to get. Hey man, to it's to do as I do. Don't do as I do. Do as I say. Yeah, but at the same time, you want your coach like. It's one of the reasons I'm so active now is because I need to be able to show my guys what to do as a football player. I can't just be a fat blob of shit in the corner just pointing. So I'm just saying, if you were a, if you say put yourself, all the females or anybody offended by this. You're a personal train. You're looking for personal training. You're going to spend a hundred dollars every 90 minutes to go do push-ups and shit, which is fucking ridiculous, but whatever. And you walk in and that's your personal trainer. Are you signing up? No, exactly. So don't get fucking too mad at me. I didn't make her eat the cheeseburger. I didn't put her on cosmopolitan. I look, you can't tell me that when you saw that commercial at the Super Bowl, the Gatorade commercial of her doing the yoga pose, you weren't like, what the motherfuck is going on here? I had to rewind it because I thought it was like a, a like a, a, a glitch in the matrix or some shit. Hey, let me ask you this. But that's cool. Whatever. Do your you thing, know TJ Lang? TJ Lang, the lineman from the Packers? Yeah. Yeah. So let me get your take on this. He's a good dude. I talked to him. About, he's a good dude. Uh, I put uh, Dan Marino, I put a video out yesterday on Twitter of Dan Marino throwing dimes in the old school quarterback challenge. And I said, but everybody sucks Mahomes' dick like he's never been seen before. And TJ goes, Marino's O-line didn't have to block dudes like Aaron Donald and Nick Bosa. Fact. And I said, what? Oh, they I had said, to block what? that Bruce Smith. 
I said Reggie White and Lawrence Taylor weren't fucking any good. I mean, and Bruce, he goes, Bruce, Bruce he goes, JB, his whole time. He goes, JB, man, man, old linemen were like 275 back then, laughing out loud. Yeah. And yeah. I go, and they were fucking a lot better. I said, I said, Larry Allen and Will Shields sure did fine. Well, they weren't that small either. Let's be real. Like, okay, if that's the era we're going to talk about, okay. Um, Eric Williams wasn't fucking 280. He was like 325. Like, Nate Newton was huge. Larry Allen's huge. The the Eric Buffalo offensive lines were huge. Fucking McKenzie, the left tackle that, that Bruce Smith ate alive for the Jets for years, was a massive human. So I, I disagree with that. And then for him to say, like, they never had to block anybody like that, bro, Bruce Smith was in the division with Dan Marino the entire time Dan Marino was in the fucking AFC East. So he had to play him twice a year on top of There's a lot of guys in that shit. On top of everybody else. You know what I'm saying? On top of all the pass rushes for the Broncos, all the guys at the Patriots. I mean, remember Pat Swelling from the Patriots? Fuck yeah. That motherfucker was a beast. Dog. He used to kill people. So, or, or no, he played for the, not, he, Pat Swelling played for the Saints. Uh, God, yeah, who was, the, was a backer for the Saints. Who was Our the fucking Russian Russian for the Patriots? Yeah. God Did damn it. Know, uh, Bennett and all that? I mean, uh. No, it was in the, it was on the 85 Super Bowl team. Yeah, you're talking about, uh, fuck, I, I love the shit out of them. Um, God damn it. They all had the neck rolls. I'm going to find him, dude. Trust me. I'm finding him. Andre today. Tippett. Uh, it what? Yes. Was it Andre Tippett? Yeah, one of them. Andre Tippett. Yes. That, like, he was in that division. Like, to, to say that, that they didn't have to play anybody is fucking ridiculous. I mean, yeah, Andre Tippett, first team in, in 85. And How about Richard Dent and fucking, uh, uh, you know, there were so many good. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't believe that well, we're that, that, that era. That era of football is what I grew up on. And. Those guys, I think that era and those players are the best of all time. And oh, I agree. I I'm agree. biased because of my youth in that area, but at the same yeah. time, I'm not wrong either. We um, finally agree on something. Look, TJ <laughs> is very educated and has played a long time, played longer than me. He's obviously knows what he's talking about, but I honestly, I would take Bruce Smith over Aaron Donald. Like I, thank you, thank you. Know you. What I'm saying like Bruce Smith is. Hey, Aaron man, let me, let me get really, your take really great player, but I'll take Bruce over Aaron. Let me get your take on the novice here. I want you to explain something to these people. Now, you may have a totally different take than me, but I'm, I am not as high on Aaron Donald as all the rest of the world seems to be. Now, please explain to these novice fans out there, or explain my what I'm about to ask and, and explain, and then you can tell me, hey, JB, I still think Aaron Donald's the best, or you can say, I agree, JB. But there is a fact in this in coaching, and you'll have to agree to this part because you are a coach and played the positions. Tell these people that when we played, there was a, a, a known fact that we could get hip-to-hip on a shade or a three technique, fucking high-low his ass in the nicest, shadiest way possible. We can wear on guys. Nowadays, it is basically 330-pound guys going against a 5'11", D tackle that looks like a linebacker who's chiseled as fuck quicker than every guard he's going to play against. And the double team just doesn't exist anymore with the fact that how we are RPOing and isolating three techs and shades and stuff. And he's eating, he's feasting on these fucking heavy set guys. Back in the day, though, would we have not just fucking drove this motherfucker to the fucking goal line every year? 
Well, you you would you would hope that you would be able to, and on a lesser man and a lesser player, probably yes. But I I think that Aaron Donald is a is a modern version John Randall. And if you remember, John Randall was under six feet and undrafted and extremely talented. And he I he's on my all time you know starting defense. He's one of he's my nose tackle. Um, and he was or my three technique. Excuse me. He's a bad motherfucker. And I, I've seen him like run through Kevin Gogan's chest. And if you don't know who Kevin, Kevin Gogan is, <clears throat> Kevin Gogan is one of the meanest, surliest, baddest motherfuckers that ever played in the, in the history of the guard position. Uh, he was on the great wall of Dallas, played for the Raiders, really, oh, really yeah, great player, that. played at Washington back in the day. Well, he's a Husky. He's a great man, friend of mine. And, you know, he, he, Randall ran him over at one point. So look, Yes, you would like to say that with a slider defensive tackle, you should be able to get hip to hip and run him out of the barn. But I've studied Aaron Donald a lot because I actually wondered about this for years, why they don't just run the ball right at his ass. And it's because he's really good against the run and he's really fucking strong. And his it's one thing like I get into this argument all the time with college football coaches, offensive line coaches and the center position. So, for example, like. Five years ago, Drake Nugent's coming out of high school, who now just signed with Michigan on an NIL deal and was a Remington finalist last year with Stanford at center. And the CU had O line coach at the time, uh, which is now at, who's now at Stanford, was like, oh, well, we don't want him. He's too short. And I was like, well, I want my center to be able to get under a nose tackle three technique and leverage. So that sucks that you feel like that. But that's the mindset is he has to fit the, the height and weight chart. And Personally, from a leverage perspective, if you can if you can operate at that size and be that good, you can be a real pain in the ass on the defensive line and at center. So explain, explain I mean, to why, man. Explain that leverage is so critical as a D tackle going against a six six O tackle or O guard. Yeah. So if, that, if the six six player is going to stand up and consistently peek and look, and inherently he can't do anything but that because he's so tall. The minute he stands up and I'm underneath his pads, I don't care how strong he is, his bench press, how good he looks with pads on, none of that shit. I'm underneath him. I'm underneath his chest. My hips are lower than his hips. And now I'm in a I'm in a finishing position as an offensive player. As a defensive player, if I'm playing a double team and I get underneath the pads of the guard and I can separate the guard and the tackle on their point block, I've now I'm now leveraging them and I can use my aggression through the man and put that guy on the turf and, and win the rep. So in my personal opinion, especially in the trench leverage is the number one fucking thing that we talk about. It's the number one thing I try and teach. And it's almost something that you can't teach. Like you can either, you either have leverage and you can play with it and use it, or you do not. I look at James Harrison and how good he was as a short rusher. It's because he would go speed to power and his power moves, not only is he stronger than everybody else, but his power moves are so vicious because of the leverage and how how easily he can get underneath your pads. Whereas opposed, like, look at how big, like, uh, like fucking Albert Hainsworth or a guy like Tommy Kelly, who played for the Raiders back in the day. They are super tall, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, defensive linemen. And they're really good, but they don't have that leverage part. They need to be fast twitch, like the... <clears throat> the interior defensive linemen like that that can play every position are the J.J. Watt types. And those guys, they don't last very long, as we saw with J.J. He had like a five-year stretch where he was super dominant, 
and then the other seven years of his career were hurt or it wasn't as dominant because you can get to his knees and his hips because he's so goddamn big and long. So, look, man, there's the modern-day defensive lineman is asked to do different things than the guys we grew up watching, but pass rushing is consistent. It's the one thing that we can put everybody on the same plane and go, okay, how good are you really? And back in the day when they're throwing, like this is something people never talk about, but when they're throwing the ball, I don't know, 50% less back in the day and you still have the top sack like numbers from players like Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Derek Thomas, Lawrence Taylor, so on and so forth. Those are just four of the fucking greats. When you have those, and Kevin Green, I mean, come on. When you have those guys and they're putting up those kind of numbers and they're only going like, you're only getting, what, 30 throws a game as opposed to 30 throws by halftime? What about what about Gaptooth? Gaptooth, what's his name? Uh, Strahan? Strahan. Incredible I mean, player, yep. He's another guy. Uh, Incredible player. What's your, what's your thought about Reggie Bush uh, getting inducted to the Hall of Fame? Good. Give him back his Heisman. <clears throat> I, if I was Reggie Bush, I would not. I wouldn't even go to the ceremony unless they're giving me my Heisman back at it. I, I said the exact same thing yesterday. Um, like fuck, fuck your Hall of Fame, dog. Give me my Heisman back. What's the difference? How am I in the call? How am I good enough to be in the Hall of Fame? And I'm good enough to win the Heisman, but I can't keep it. Like how the fuck well, does that the, make sense? The NCAA, the NCAA is the most corrupt, ass backward shithole organization on earth. They've done nothing to help college athletes. I don't care what any of you say. They have they have been the the number one inhibitor of growth for young men at the college level for a hundred years plus. Instead of being an advocate for the young men and helping them figure out how to make more money and maximize themselves, they just said, fuck it and got out of the way. Like, oh, fuck it. Go make your own mistakes. If you don't want us like some spoiled brat ex-girlfriend or some shit with NIL, So I personally think the NCAA is the most corrupt organization in the country. And anybody that has the audacity to work for them, like you're also a piece of shit. Like how can you wake up in the morning and go work for that corrupt ass fucking company? I agree. Um, What's your take on Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Basically being uh, courted by USC and the rumors are out there that he may be headed to USC because I I guess him and uh, Caleb Williams grew up around the same area and know each other well. I, is, he, I, is he not draft eligible? No, he's not. They need to change that fucking rule too, bro. I, I they got it. They why? Like, before look, you get into that discussion, which I agree with you, you got to uh, be able to leave college football when you're ready. Caleb Williams and Harrison Jr. don't need to go back to school and get hurt. Like, let them go to the league and start maximizing their potential from a monetary standpoint. What the fuck? But, but. I, I, I'm disgusted. I talked to Marvin Harrison Jr., that kid right there. I talk to him all the time. Good kid. I'm trying to get him on the show. I'm sure he's going to make this decision before he comes on anyone's show, though. But let me ask you, I, I'm, I'm starting to lose interest in the movement. Like, you're at Ohio State, homie. Like, you were a play away. You were an injury away from beating Georgia and possibly be the national champion right now. Let and me ask you this. He's on the right to move. I, I He does. Huh? He's earned the right to move if he wants to. I know, but why? I just don't well, understand. He, why. he wants to go play with his homeboy Caleb Williams for a year, and it's a it's a ten month move. And let me ask you Ohio this: States, I'm sure the quarterback they're bringing in is going to be good. They never have scrubs, but 
I mean, go play with the Heisman Trophy winner and see what you can see. Let me ask you this. If they would have won the national championship, I don't believe there would have been a difference. I still think he's in the discussion of going to USC. Do you agree? Yeah. That's that's what's crazy to me. Like what well, but but what else do you want him to do for Ohio State? He's given them everything. He's a first team all American. He won a natty, like leave. I mean, but what are we? Are we in the NFL? You can't even do that in the NFL. That's my point. You in well, doing it now. Football, so there's, there's no such thing as I can't stop me a player from demanding a trade. I mean, we well, just yeah, saw well, they don't have to trade them. Look, in, in college football now, again, we've had this conversation many times, and I'm going to die on this hill. The players now have the ability to say, I don't want to be here anymore. Fuck this, and I'm out. And regardless of why, that power is the same power the coaches have, and coaches don't like it. So... Um, either the NCAA steps in with their corrupt ass and figures out a way to <clears throat> smooth this over and put in some like fucking guidelines, at least if you're not going to put rules in at least a guideline or two, maybe um, tampering is going to continue. And this is tampering. This is wild tampering. I mean, bro, the amount of coaches I have calling me, asking me to talk to another player on another team to see if they'd be interested in going to that team. It's like 10 phone calls a fucking day. So, and it's not like I'm sitting there like, hey, uh, you pay me 10,000 bucks and I'll make the phone call. I, I don't, I think it's shady and I don't want to do it, but it's the, this is what they wanted. This is what the NCAA wanted. This is what all the coaches wanted. Everybody wanted the Wild West and this is what it is. So fucking, this is the bed you made laying it. Um, Paul Johnson and Mark Rick inducted as coaches into the College Hall of Fame. Do you agree with both of those or one of them or none of them? Or? Paul Johnson, triple option, Georgia Tech, Paul Johnson? Maybe. Yeah, I love him to death. Yeah, he's a good coach. Mark I mean, Richt. if, if Paul Richt. Johnson's in the Hall of Fame, Gary Barnett should be in the Hall of Fame. So Mark Richt? Mark Richt deserves to I, – look, I, I don't know if he deserves to be in the College Football Hall of Fame or not. I don't know the criteria to get in. But, again, if, if the NCAA is involved, then there's probably some good old boy corrupt bullshit going on. But, yeah, I'm glad he got in. Um, Lamar Jackson's out. I have a theory. I don't. I think he's out because he doesn't want to uh, look yeah. any worse than he already has and lose in another playoff game. And everyone, all the naysayers, get to talk shit about him on ESPN. Yeah, it's, it's, I thought for sure he would play. I can't believe he came out this morning and just said, "I don't have a, I don't have a contract, so I'm not going to play." Like. You don't have a contract because you didn't sign a $250 million. Wait, that's what he said? That That's what I'm reading here on the fucking bottom line, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson not playing. And the speculation is, you know, he can say whatever he wants about his knee, but he is healthy and they have cleared him and he could play. And he's not, you know, he's not playing because he doesn't have a contract, period. Oh, my God. And that oh. That is, that makes me, like, I, I've been at his back and defending him. And I can't do it anymore. Now I can't. I can't defend this. Like dog. Now we're in the yeah, playoffs. There's a Christ. There is a missing piece. Weeks. Go play. We're missing a piece of this, and this is why I've, I've, I'm glad I've got you thinking on some things. You got me thinking on other things, and I and I think that's what's great about our banter. But it starts in college. This is why I don't want Marvin Harrison to be able to leave because we create this shit in Lamar Jackson later on. Like, this is what's happening at the lower levels, Matt. Like, we're creating this thing that's going to allow these guys later 
to have the thought in their brain that, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need to play. What? I don't need to fucking play. You're going to pay me or not. Like, it's an entitled, enabled fucking generation. And well, I, I, I wouldn't play for, I wouldn't play in the circumstance he's under either. But at the same time, he did this to himself. It's not like they're holding the contract from him. They offered he's to blame him. everyone else. They offered it to him multiple times. And now he's just not playing because he doesn't have a contract or his knees unstable or whatever. Like, uh, just it, it, it's just a bad look. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, is he a top five coach to you? All time? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about all time, but he's really fucking good. Let me give you some stats. Top five coach currently, of course, yes. Let me give you some stats and tell me if you still think the same. I love Mike Tomlin. I got some data from a very I'd have to really I'd have to really think about like top five coaches ever, but that yeah. I, I got I got I got Shula, Parcells, um Belichick. Um I, I I broke down my top five. I got Jimmy Johnson actually in the mix. Um football related coaches anyway. You know what I mean? Football. Um there's a lot of good ones, man. Tom Flores is on is on the cusp for me. Uh, Bill Walsh, obviously. Um, there's a lot of great ones. Lombardi, if you want to go back, you know, we could talk Lombardi of what he did and started. Uh, there's so many. So Tomlin in my top five, he, he, what he continues to do year in and year out, especially with no quarterback this year, after losing their franchise legendary Ben Roethlisberger last year. Uh, but I got these interesting stats, and I wanted to bring this up with you. Uh, the Steelers were seven and two in their last nine. He did a hell of a job winning record once again. Um, but some people think TJ Watts, the best defensive player in the NFL, uh, other than Aaron Donald. Uh, I think it's actually, uh, Chris Jones, uh, for Kansas city. I think he's unbelievable at D tackle. The, the Steelers seven and two finish coincided with TJ Watt returning to the lineup. The Steelers were eight and two with Watt in the lineup one and six without him. And the Steelers are one in ten in their last eleven without T.J. Watt in the lineup. And by the way, the Steelers are nineteen, nineteen and one in their last thirty-nine regular season games. The Steelers are fifteen and five and one against teams under five hundred, and four and fourteen against teams with a winning record. The Steelers were ten, eighteen and one during the time without Watt. Uh, anyway, you slice and dice this, the Steelers' success coincides with T.J. Watt playing. How much of a factor do you put it on that fact right there versus Tomlin um, needing that guy to win games? Um, I mean, look, Tomlin can seems to me like he can win with just about anybody. I mean, it's it, to not have a losing record in the NFL as long as he's been doing this is that's my, that's my point. That is that's unbelievable. Um, he seems to be able to plug and play and motivate, which is the hardest thing to do in the NFL. Um, his, his good players don't, well, I don't say don't, but rarely do turd stuff. He did have Brown and Bell, um, and Roethlisberger. I don't know how great of a leader he was, but. But he kept AB on the wraps from hitting the media. And he, you know, everything changed when AB got lobotomized by Vontez Burfitt. Something happened to that guy's head. So. It look, Mike Tomlin and just the Steelers organization in general are the you know the epitome of consistency and they are the definition of 
overcoming adversity and they do things right. And I personally, I think Tomlin is going to be there for another 10, 15 years and he'll probably win another Super Bowl or two, uh, especially if Pickett continues to ascend the way he is because he actually played pretty good as the season went on, at least played within the structure that they need him to play to win. Um, so look, I, I think Tomlin is an unbelievable coach and it's amazing to me that more people don't try and structure the way they do things around the way Pittsburgh does shit because Pittsburgh does things the right way. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let me ask you this. Where does Sean Payton end up? He just, this just broke earlier today. I got to see this graphic right here. Uh, Ian Rapport says the Broncos Cardinals and now the Texans all have permission to speak with the Saints coach Sean Payton sources say plenty of good options for the Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, where do you think he ends up? He can talk to the Denver Broncos on Tuesday, uh, finally freeze up, but he can talk to these teams uh, now that he's clear. But I'm, I'm not real high on Sean Payton. Um, what do you say? I'm not real high on him in Denver, but I think he's going to be a good coach somewhere else. I don't think the Broncos have the collateral to trade for him. Um, that said, <clears throat> I think Harbaugh's the guy in Denver other than Peyton, but I think Peyton is going to be a coach uh, if the Cowboy job opens. If they lose Monday night and that job opens, I think he goes to Dallas. If not, if the, if the Charger job opens or the Dallas job opens, I think he jumps at one of those two. If they don't open, I think he's going to sit around another year in the booth and, you know, go somewhere next year when another good opportunity comes up. So he's in a unique position where he doesn't have to he doesn't have to go get a job, if that makes sense. He can sit back and find the best opportunity for himself. But, you know, the Sean Payton's a good football coach, but he's not, you know, he's he's not the best coach in the NFL by any means. So is he the best one available? Probably. But he, it takes a lot to get his ass. That's for damn sure. Uh, little birdie, little friend of mine who's really connected, uh, one of Sean's best friends. Uh, I'm hearing, I'm going to give away the source, but I can tell you, I want to give you a heads up. Do not be shocked if he's the next head coach for the Los Angeles Rams in the next few weeks. You know, and that's the other thing is if McVay is really going to walk, I... I don't really like that very much. I mean, he gutted the place, gutted the franchise to win a Super Bowl uh, from their future, at least, and won. And now that people are hurt and shit, he needs time off to go. He's You're 36, bro. You can't be that burned out. What the fuck are you talking about? So, I, I don't know. I just think maybe he's looking at the situation going, I put us, I, you know, I helped put us in this situation and I don't really want to dig ourselves out. I'm just going to go find a different job and let someone else dig out. So, I guess that is what it is, but if I'm Sean Payton, I don't know if I want to go to that job either. Their salary cap situation is terrible, and all their good players are going to be done within a year. I mean, Stafford's got limited time left. AD's been talking about retiring for four years straight. Cooper Cup's on the other side, although he's still elite. I'm sure he'll be a great player, but you know it's dependent on your quarterback being pretty good. Jalen Ramsey is still a quality player. Uh, looked pretty good in the last week of the season, but where was he the entire year? So, you know, there's a lot of different obstacles they got to overcome in L.A. Uh, how long do I got you for? You got to get out of here right now? Yeah, I got five minutes. All right, five minutes. Let me break down a couple things with you. Uh, 
I went through a draft order, and I was given my draft scenarios earlier this week, and I kind of broke down number one through 12 or 13. Uh, actually, I got through 16 Washington uh, Wizards, or uh, whatever their name is. Um, what the fuck is their name? The Wussies? Commanders. Commanders. Um, here's my number one thought with the Bears. I'm going to ask Peyton. I'm going to ask uh, Garrett Peyton, the son of Walter Peyton, who's coming on the show after you. Um, going to talk to him about Buddy Ryan, Mike Ditka, things when he was a kid uh, holding that Super Bowl trophy in 85 on that great Bears team. I want to ask you, I, I'm going to tell him what I said because he knows what I said already. That's why I love having him come on. I told the Bears, I, in my personal opinion, I think they should trade Justin Fields to Houston for the number two pick. They'll get the number one and two pick in the draft and draft Jalen Carter, the D tackle from Georgia. Uh, we do know they need O-line and wide receivers, but get Bryce Young with the one pick. Trade Justin Fields, get you a D-tackle, start building a team that's going to be competitive in the long run. I believe you make your team better instead of just drafting other guys like normal. I think you go get picks. Uh, how badly you disagree with that, or do you agree? Um, I, not that I disagree with it. I just, I'd be drafting cj stroud over bryce young bryce young gets hit too hard he's gonna evaporate i mean he's really slight and like he's the same size like cj that much i i don't but he's he's really young is really slight though and he reminds me a lot of same body frame and type as tua and Tua's always hurt so college is different than the nfl he's gonna get hit a lot he's the first pick you know it's not like he's going to a good team so, it, look, man, the, the Bears having the number one pick, they have so many holes. I don't see them getting rid of Justin Fields. Like, they, they got a love affair with that guy in the, in the city of Chicago. And I don't know if that's the right answer or not. I mean, they may want to consider moving him and drafting Young or Shroud or whoever and then using that draft collateral to build around him and really find a left tackle and so on and so forth. So, if they don't move the pick, I'd have to think that either the the big kid from Georgia or Will Anderson are the, is the pick, the defensive end or the defensive lineman. Look, Jackson, the big defensive lineman from Georgia, is really, really good two-gapper, but he's not a game-changing three-technique, 12-sack guy. Who, Carter, you mean? Yeah, Carter. Like, I, I don't see that from him. I mean, his numbers this year weren't great, but he's an unbelievable talent, and he's a great frame. But I don't know if I see... I don't know if I see the number one overall pick like, you know, so. No, no, no. I, I would say take Bryce Young and trade number two, um, number two and take him number two. Oh, I don't even know if I see him as a number two pick, but he's really good. But yeah. again, like if you're trying to find somebody that's going to rush the passer and provide pocket pressure and things of that nature, can he do that every, every down, you know, day in and day out the same, like if you're drafting that kid at that spot, you're looking for the same kind of production that you're that you'd be looking for from, you know, Khalil Mack when he was there or Robert Quinn. Like that, that's the kind of production you're gonna want. And he doesn't even play remotely the same kind of position. So they they just need to be aware of what they're doing there. But it, look, Chicago is a clusterfuck of a, of a front office, and they've always had problems making these decisions, and they've never really had consistently good quarterback play. And it's not like they have it now. They just have a freak athlete that's out there making plays. So we'll see if Fields can develop into a guy that they want to keep. Because, if look, they have time. They can figure this out. If Fields goes and can't play, 
and doesn't fit the system that they want. All he can do is run. And they're in the in the meeting room going, okay, we can strike while the iron's hot. And just like you said, trade Justin and the number whatever, second in a second rounder or whatever to Houston and get the second pick as well and then pick back to back. They have the cap space to do it. That that is a that's a we're trying to build right now and beat your ass move. Like that's a big time move. So I, as long as they pick a quarterback, though, they can't pick two defensive linemen back to back. So let me get your take on this before you get out of here. Kevin Warren uh, leaves as the commissioner of the Big Ten. He goes to the Chicago Bears as a front office guy in the mix of Justin Field being there. Obviously, he's the Big Ten commissioner for the years he's seen Justin play uh, over the few years. Apparently, I, a buddy of mine's really close with him. I guess everyone's impressed with him and and how he is as far as what he stands for, executing uh, administratively and doing these great things. Why do you leave the Big Ten right now for the NFL? Is that telling you something that we don't know coming down the pike? Or is he not ready for SCUCLA or the whole travel scenario that's about to go down with these teams on the West Coast going all the way to fucking Rutgers? What do you think about that? Um, look, Kevin Warren, as a commissioner of the Big Ten, he did a pretty good job putting his conference first and making sure that they're expanding. He went and got UCLA and USC, a move that I never thought would happen. Um, if he wants to go take this opportunity and go to the Bears, I'm sure they're paying him more, so that helped. Uh, but it, look, man, there's the commissioners for the conferences. I, I, I don't know. It seems like a pretty easy fucking job to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just got to grease wheels and shit. It doesn't seem like that's real tough. So, just like the they're public, out there earning money for TV, right? They got yeah. fucking billions to work with. It's not like it's hard to go. Like I. We got to go fundraise for our yeah, fund- We're going to go fundraise, and look, I need you to fundraise, and all of our games are on ESPN and ABC, and you're going to be in front of 100 million people. That's real fucking tough. So, look, I, I think that people get wrapped up in, like, even the president. He's going to be the president of the Bears. That's not a hard job. That's an awesome job. So, you know, hopefully he starts looking at it like that because every time I listen to this guy talk, He's always harping on the fact that his job's so hard. And I, I don't really think it's that difficult. So uh as you leave, rumors are Eric Bienemy is getting interviewed today by the Colts. Um what do you think about that? Is this just another fluff minority? Probably, but he deserves a head coaching job at this point. I wish people would stop fucking with him. I know EB's a great coach and a leader and can get the most out of his guys. So people want to play for him. He's been around a great franchise and Andy Reid and Mahomes and all this greatness for 10 years now. You know, he's watched the transition from Smith to Mahomes, how to do that. Uh, he, you know, he's offensive in, in you know, in, in intuitiveness that, have, that has really put a lot of really good players on a pedestal, and he's a big part of that. So, personally, I'd like to see the Broncos go after him too. But, you know, it's it's all – it all comes down to nuts and bolts and – for some reason, EB scares guys because he's probably because he's so vocal, but that shouldn't scare an owner. That should intrigue them to go hire him, honestly. So. Well, that's probably why I'm not working either. So uh, yeah, going me, out there. me too, bro. Just it is what it is. Hey, the, the the only reason I say this is though the intriguing part is ex Kansas City front office guy Chris Ballard 
is at the Colts now. So there's a connection right. there. So that is what it is. We're going to see. Well, I mean, the Colts would be smart to bring him in. He's a hell of a coach. Yeah. Um, hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Love you to death. I yeah, can't wait to weekend. argue with you on Monday. Let's talk over the weekend if we can uh, about our about your deal. Uh, we always say that. We never do. Our schedule is so fucked. I saw you on on the radio yesterday uh, having a ball. Oh, my um, God. Yesterday was so funny, dog. I, like my face hurt afterwards. I was laughing so hard. God damn, I was watching that. Um, that's on the altitude, right? Yeah, altitude 92.5 here in Denver. I'll be back on today at 10 a.m. Um, yeah, just, you know, yucking it up and having a good time. So check it out and then make sure you follow all the different platforms at 60 Academy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. So. And it's all on YouTube. All, all sure. Matt's information all on is on my YouTube channel. So you Don't can go subscribe. find him at any day. It's always on my YouTube. It's always on my uh, description. And it's always on every platform I have. Uh, Matt, uh, as you walk out of here, just know this bitch wants your Instagram uh, handle because she oh. wants to DM you. She wants to DM you. Well, if we're having a sumo wrestling contest, then maybe I'll call her. You imagine buttering that motherfucker down? Oh, God, dude. I don't even want to get into this conversation. Hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Uh, enjoy the weekend. I'm sure I'll see some videos, and I'll be in my cigar lounge. You got to get out of here one day and uh, hang out. That's it. All right, brother. Later. Peace. Matt McChesney, as always. Um, Garrett Payton just retweeted uh, the tweet, and he's getting ready to come on here shortly. Uh, the son of Walter Payton, uh, can't wait. Uh, he said, jumping on Coach JB's show this morning to talk Bears and Justin Fields. The link is in the post below. Yes, sir. Uh, can't wait for Garrett Payton. All you Walter Payton fans out there, um, make sure that you uh, th you don't miss this one. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Uh, can't wait to uh, get him. Great dude, man, by the way. I've, I've, I've uh, me and him become pretty uh, fond of each other and uh, Great dude. Uh, I don't talk about it a lot. You don't really know the people that I know. But uh, guess what? We're going to have him on and talk it up and chop it up. We're going to ask him about the, his greatest college running backs, his greatest NFL running backs, and where his dad stands uh, and all that. Um, plus some real talk bandle, uh, banter. You know how it goes. Um, so we're going to get into that. Um, can't wait. I'm on the – I am coming back uh, to discuss – a lot, a lot of things. And I got to get my top 14 NFL quarterbacks that will be competing in this weekend's playoffs and next weekend's playoffs. I'm going to rank them. Do not want to miss it. Um, here we go. I'm going to rank these quarterbacks. Can't wait to get that underway. Uh, but before that, I, I got to go get me a piss break, and uh, I'll be back in uh, three minutes and 50 seconds. Don't go anywhere. Pound the like button. Become a new member of the new Discord, Slap Nation, and the coaches crew. Uh, Mr. Peyton joins me in about 30 minutes, and I got about 30 minutes from now to break down the 14 quarterbacks in the playoffs. From top to bottom. Don't miss it. I'll be right back. Hit that like button. Don't go anywhere. Uh, my top 10. All right. I'm going to get into my top 10. Matt asked yesterday about my top 10, and he spit his out real quick. I'm going to pull mine up on the ticker below so the world can see. You can all fucking go, oh, fucking chat. 400 people are going to talk shit. I don't fucking care. So here we go. I'm going to go Tom Brady. Here we go. Before I pull it up, before, I know you guys saw everything. 
I'm going to use this criteria. You've had, for me, you've had to at least, to be in my top five, have won a Super Bowl, been to Super Bowl, and just one of the elite of elite. All right? That is how my criteria kind of is. So here we go. Tom Brady, who's the GOAT as far as wins. I do not believe he's the best as far as skill set, but I do believe he's the best quarterback. All right? We're not going to get at that fucking thing uh, as far as winning and losing. Um, so Agreed. that's number one for me. Um, I got Troy Aikman because I believe Troy Aikman can travel to any era and be as accurate as any quarterback of all time. He is the fucking – people do not – you're 40 years old, Matt. How do you not believe in fucking Troy Aikman? You know how good he was? Do you really know how good he was? The second best quarterback of all time? Yeah, dog. Do you know how good Troy, Troy Aikman fucking was? Aikman? Do you know how good he was? Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Elway, I got at three. I got Montana at four. Manning at five. Rodgers at six. Favre at seven. Uh, both of those are very close skill set wise. Both have a Super Bowl, been to two. Marino at eight. Or, sorry, yeah, at eight. Bradshaw at nine because he won so much. He's not as talented as anyone else. And Steve Young at 10 because of just he was the first lefty to really dominate his position. Um, that's my top 10. I'll just let it keep ticking, dog. I'm going to mute my channel. Go ahead. Uh, I don't have a problem with the rest of the top 10, but Troy Aikman even being on the list. Makes you're, you're, just, you're shitting me, right? You're telling me, me want to not a top 10 quarterback. No, here's mine. Brady, Manning, Elway, Montana, Marino, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, oh, Steve, fuck. Steve Young, Mahomes, and Jim Kelly. See, this. all right, let's get after this. Enough of the bullshit. We can't have that blasphemy going around here. I posted a, that I thought uh, Top Gun 2, Maverick, I thought was the most overrated, shittiest fucking sequel and the softest, most telling sequel for this generation possible. And Lucy tweeted, the blasphemy, the blasphemy. Uh, I see the Discord going, hey, listen, I'm a real one. I'm the one actually talking on the Discord, just so everybody knows. So become a member, Slap Nation. Uh, check it out and get into the coaches crew. Um, if you're not a member, become one. Become a member today of the new Discord. Slap Nation, $2.99 a month. Um, a lot of you guys aren't members. Become one. Either become a member of the show or become a member of the Discord. See, I'm talking live right now on it. Look at this. Breeze hitting me up. I see everybody on there. Pretty cool deal. Um, Cosmo is why we have a butter shortage, Bree just said. Uh, that is comical. Um, butter, man. I, motherfuckers eat grease sandwiches nowadays like no other. We're eating grease sandwiches like crazy. It blows my mind. Um, can't wait to ask uh, Jared Payton about his uh, his father and, and have some real talk about the Bears and Justin Fields. But I want to get into this quarterback play. I want to rank the quarterbacks in the playoffs. All right. We're going to rank the quarterbacks in the playoffs. Here we go. Uh, best of the best. Burrow and Brady, in my opinion. Those are the two that stand out. I believe they are. You can't have them. Okay. Mahomes has a Super Bowl. Yes, he does. Kudos to him. 
but he hasn't beat either one of those guys up top. So until he can beat those guys up top, um, I can't put Mahomes up there. I got to put Mahomes and Allen in my overrated classification, but they are the second tier, okay? They're in the second tier of guys, but they are in my overrated tier. Josh Allen hasn't won a meaningful game yet, in my opinion. He can't make throws when it matters. He gets out of frame with his mechanics. He gets over. He has a lot of he has a lot of overstriding issues, and he throws balls into the dirt. He throws balls high. Anytime it gets into crunch time, his best game was against the Chiefs, where they lost the game. Um, so that is kind of my. This is how I'm breaking down the tiers, all right? And then I'll give you my numbers of who's who, okay? Uh, by the way, if you haven't seen Gronkowski, uh, Gronk came out and tweeted, um, Joe Burrow is going to demolish the Ravens. I don't care if you pay Lamar Jackson $100 billion. Joe Burrow is still going to be Joe Burrow and beat that ass. In other words, that is what Gronk just said. So, real recognizes real. Players understand that Burrow's special. and uh, you got NFL greats tweeting those type of things out. The least amount of playoff experience right now. Uh, that is that the least amount that is very very good. Okay, Herbert is a freak. He's a talented monster. I love Herbert. I think he's great, but he hasn't won a playoff game. He has to win a playoff game. Jalen Hurts again, another one who's incredibly increased his his mechanics. I respect the fact that he's gotten better. I still don't think he's going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know how injured he is. Again, he doesn't have a lot of experience in the playoffs. Now, surprises of the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence, Geno Smith, Daniel Jones. Also, three guys I said don't be shocked if they do well, especially Daniel Jones. Trevor Lawrence has had a he's benefited from Doug Peterson, an NFL experienced head coach. So you gotta give him credit for that. Um but those three in there are surprises, okay? Eddie Mayweather, what's going on? I haven't heard from you in a while, dog. You only show up when I have Dak Prescott on the screen. That's funny. Um, rookie with little film on them, Brock Purdy. We don't have film on him. We don't know nothing about him, but Pete Carroll sure does now. Pete Carroll's about to scheme this motherfucker up, and you heard it here first. Seattle beats the Niners this week. And you've heard it here first, all right? And just straight out, ugh, can't get it done. Just can't win a meaningful game under the bright lights. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, can't get it done. They both scare me in critical times of the game. Both of these quarterbacks are very, very, um, they scare me, okay? And then just dog shit. Skylar Thompson's a rookie kid who, just watching him, he does not have what Brock Purdy has, number one. But number two, uh, not a believer in him with this team. Uh, this team needs Tua, we all know. Um, Tyler Taylor Huntley is, is, is not very good. I was watching him throw in practice yesterday on some, some private film. He is fucking god-awful. He is god-awful. Um, he is god-awful. 
Joy Taylor on Fox came out and said the Raiders are going to regret losing Derek Carr. Joy Taylor. Marcellus Wiley says, you're a joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. You sound like a joke. Um, you don't know football, Joy Taylor. I love you. You're beautiful, and you look great and everything, and everyone loves you because of your beauty, I'm pretty sure. It's not because of what the fuck you say. You're another fucking one of these people. You're a lot better than Mina Kimes. You're a lot better than Sarah Spain. You're a lot better than L. Duncan. I'll tell you that. But you're still way off on the Derek Carr thing. Why in the fuck are the Raiders going to regret losing Derek Carr? And what the fuck do you know about quarterback play? Your brother Jason Taylor used to get after the quarterback, not play quarterback. God damn, some of these people just talk out the side of their mouth that don't fucking know what they're saying. So that's my quarterback breakdown, okay? Now there's some key backups that are going to come in. There's some key backups that's going to come in that you can talk about. Cooper Rush is one, right? Cooper Rush is one. And Minshew is one, right? Does Minshew play this weekend because Jalen Hurts gets hurt? Well, not this weekend, but when they do play. Does Minshew have to play in a meaningful playoff game because Jalen Hurts isn't himself? I'm curious. Um, I just want to ask that question. I'm just asking that question. I'm just asking that question. How is Mahomes on the top tier? Explain to me, Aries, Aries, R-E-A-R-E-S, whatever your name is. Ars, explain to me why he's on the top tier. Has he beat any of those quarterbacks in a meaningful football game? Has Mahomes beat either one of those guys in a meaningful football game? Yes or no? Please explain. He won a Super Bowl, coach. Okay. Well, there's seven Super Bowls combined above him. And he hasn't beat either one of those guys. And why is he top tier? Please explain. See, all you guys want to say he should do this and do that, but you can't explain yourself. You can't break down to me why. I think he's overrated. That's my personal opinion. I think he's overrated. I think he's the shovel pass master in an offense that is created to be conducive to his skill set. If you've noticed, he's not back there dropping back, throwing the ball on time, and throwing fucking dig routes and bang eights, okay? He's throwing ad-lib balls on the sprint out, on the turn back protection, on the run that is getting his guys the ball in space. So I just, I just, I just got to understand. I just want to get your understanding here. I just want to know. I just want to know. Um, yo, Burrow has not won a Super Bowl. He got to one in two years, though. And he's beat Mahomes three times. And, uh, you know, we can argue that the Chiefs has had one of the top th three best rosters in football since Mahomes has been there. So I just want to get your take on why. I just want to know explanation-wise why. Because I've always broke down why. I've always given you why. You guys can't give me your why as to why he can't be overrated. <laughs> like, please understand, he can't be 
He can be overrated. So can Josh Allen. And guess what? I'm trending in the manner that Aaron Rodgers is overrated. I'm starting to trend that way because more and more, year after year after year, he can't win a meaningful game. If you can't beat Detroit at home to get into the playoffs, I have a major sour taste in my mouth about Aaron Rodgers right now as far as being on the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. He's still on the Mount Rushmore right now in this generation. Not of all time. I'm just saying right now. He's a top five right now because he's a top probably two ball spinner of all time. But he's not a winner. He struggles to win meaningful games just like Josh Allen, just like Herbert, just like Dak Prescott, just like these other guys I'm mentioning. But guess what? Burrow has to win him a Super Bowl too. So don't think I don't don't think I don't address all these things. Trust me, I address it all. I call it like it is. Square, square, circle, circle. These are the best. And I and I don't give a fuck about what color you are. I don't care. Don't bring up color with me. Oh, you only talk about Mahomes and you only talk about Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Where's Lamar Jackson at? Have I not said he's not sustainable? What do I know? How many times do I have to tell you he's not sustainable? Like, guess what, dog? He ain't playing for whatever reason. And I've been trying to tell you motherfuckers, man. But nobody wants to listen. No, What do I know? What do I know? Um, so let me ask you. Mahomes gets a pass for not having a top-tier defense. Well, the year they won the Super Bowl, the Chiefs had a pretty goddamn good defense. I'm tired of hearing the fucking noise. And they had a pretty fucking good defense the next year they lost to the Bucs. Don't get me started with this fucking defense thing. So let me ask you this. Name me the quarterbacks who have won Super Bowls that only had great defenses. All right? Let's talk about the Brady Patriots who had pretty damn good defenses. But I can argue they had no fucking wide receivers. They had a bunch of fucking white guys running around out there to throw. Tom Brady had to throw to. Okay. I can argue that Trent Dilfer had the best defense of all time, possibly with the 85 Bears in Baltimore. Okay. So he was the probably most average quarterback ever to win a Super Bowl. And then I can argue that the Cowboys had some pretty damn good defenses. But then we can argue there's been a lot of shootout players, a lot of shootout Super Bowl winners that have just been better quarterbacks. Quarterbacks have won them games. Okay. Jared Goff, what happened? He struggled versus a Belichick led defensive team in New England when, if you flip the role, change quarterbacks, put Brady on the Rams, the Rams beat New England by 20. See, people don't realize the understanding of how important a top-tier quarterback is. I take a top-tier quarterback 1,000% over a top-tier defense. I take the quarterback over the defense every single time. Every single time. I will take the top-tier QB over the top-tier defense. I say if you switch these quarterbacks around and move them around, you will have guys winning Super Bowls against those New England teams, against those other teams that I mentioned, if you have a quarterback on the other side. Jared Goff wasn't the guy, and he's proven to be not the guy, okay? 
he ain't the guy. I think he's good. I think he's a very serviceable NFL guy. I think he does. He did some great. He made great strides this year. He ain't going to win you a Super Bowl. That's why Matt Stafford came right in and won one. I would guarantee you, I would bet dollars to dimes, Matthew Stafford was on the Rams against New England a few years back. Sean McVay has two Super Bowls. He has two Super Bowl victories, not one. Quarterback play is essential in big games. Period. Period. Do I answer stickers? What the fuck does that mean? Please explain, dog, because I have no idea what that means. If you think I know anything about this social media new age shit, you don't know me very well. What the fuck is a sticker? I, I, I What the fuck is a sticker? Please explain. Let me know what a sticker is. I have no fucking idea what a sticker is. Uh, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I don't know what a sticker is. So explain to me. And ah, shit. Um... Um, if any of you guys, if any of you guys know, um, if any of you, do you guys know who Harold Varner the third is pro golfer? Um, Harold Varner will be joining the show next week. Uh, I'm talking to him right now. He's a great up and coming golfer in the PG or in the now in the live. Um, so uh, shout out to Harold Varner the third. Um, he's a young and upcoming coach. Uh, he'll be on the show. I've met him through Pat Perez, obviously, and all these other golfers. But he'll be on the show. We'll talk about him. Um, Oh, Jay, you know what, man? I, I, I don't apologize because I, I don't apologize. But uh, the reason I don't answer a lot of those things, I don't see them half the time. So I do apologize for that fact. I don't apologize for not answering because you're not a member. I understand you're giving me money on a chat or whatever it is. I don't really get to see those. When they're members, though, I get to see them. So if you were a member doing that, it would be different because I would see them on a green channel thing on my end i don't see if it's not a member so that's why i'm letting you know i I don't mean to slight you in any way or be uh an asshole to you i'm just letting you know how it works see i see jeremiah's right there see that i see jeremiah's right there um because he's a he's a member he's a member so um so, yeah, Jay, it's all good. I appreciate you understanding that. I did not know that uh, either. So I appreciate you sending that. Um, but, uh, no, I didn't see it. But go ahead and ask the question right now. Become a member? I don't know. I can't tell you that, dog. There's 500 members. They all figured out how to do it. So uh, we have a poll actually going around how many people would ask how to become a member. Um, 
it's not hard. I think you could Google it. Go on a laptop. Join my channel is all it is. It's $1.99 a month. $2.99 if you want to get into the Discord. I suggest you get into my Discord, Slap Nation, for $2.99 a month because I could actually text you live. So I'm learning that. I'm learning this game right here. So can't wait for uh, Jarrett Payton to join the show. Uh, if you don't know who Jar Jarrett Payton is, uh, he's the son of Walter Payton. He's going to be joining the show here um in about 20 minutes um about 20 minutes uh rumors are that eric Bieniemy is in the in the running for the colts gig um the broncos interviewed david shaw former stanford coach former nfl coach his father was a coach in the nfl all it's all all uh nepotism come on now it's all nepotism I like David Shaw and all that, but you know how many other coaches I know that aren't getting the chance that are better than David Shaw? A thousand. <laughs> I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, Bree said she did it through her phone with no problem. I think you got to just change your phone uh, settings to desktop mode, and I think you can go get become a member from anything on your phone. Pretty sure you could do it on your phone. Um, the new unhealthy is the new healthy. The new mediocrity is the new excellence. Um, that is the world we live in. We love mediocrity. We think it is the new excellence because we don't know what excellence really is. We don't strive to be excellent anymore. We take what we can get. We take it. We accept it. We don't need to really deny anything. People take jobs they don't really want just to say they took the job. People do mediocre things just to say they thought they were excellent. We think The Maverick is a great movie. It made a billion dollars. So the narrative is it's the greatest movie of all time. But the fact of the matter is it's shitty. It's soft as runny baby shit. And it is epitome of what America is today. Mediocre. We take mediocrity, turn it into excellence, and we accept the fact that it is soft it checked all the boxes for all you soft pussies out there. There was a woman fighter pilot. There was a fucking feminist, fucking data analyst, Coach Staley guy backing her up. And then we don't kill anyone. Nobody dies. Even the fucking bad guys parachute out and you see them kind of trickle off into the sunset. And Tom Cruise and Goose, you know, if you're really a rider, Bruckenheimer, you would have fucking killed Maverick off with a missile when he saved Goose. And then let him be. Let the movie end in solidarity. Let the movie have its fucking final great. Play the great song. Great balls of fire in the movie with that shit. Let me be a producer. Let me be a producer of this motherfucker. I would have killed Tom Cruise off because he's 40 years removed from the show anyway. Should never have been. The show should have been out 10 years at maximum after the first one aired. Not 40 fucking years later. This is why I feared watching it. I knew it was going to be for the woke. I knew it was going to be this soft fucking show movie. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, it's bad. It's fucking shitty. It's bad. Uh, appreciate all you guys becoming a member of the Discord. I see you guys. Much love to you. Um, uh, 
Eric Bieniemy, I don't see him being a head coach. I think he has a, I think he's blackballed, so to speak, in this business. I think people are scared of him. Um, that is the truth. Uh, can't wait to ask uh, Jared Payton about that. I think that he really, I think it truly, I think he's blackballed. I don't think people are going to give him an opportunity. Marshall Falk said it on my show years ago. I don't think that they're going to give him a shot. I just don't. Um, and plus, people know in the business, um, and Shady McCoy doesn't help spreading the narrative that he doesn't call the plays. He's not the OC. But what do I know? I've been saying that for years, not to bash Eric Bieniemy. I know EB for a long time. Great dude. Uh, he's an epitome of a football coach. I love him to death. And I'm glad he's in the mix of getting a job every year, but he doesn't get the job. Uh, having said that, though, he's not the play caller people. Andy Reid calls the plays contrary to fucking Stephen A. Smith, who don't know what the fuck he don't know. Okay. We know Stephen A. Smith's just saying it because he's a black man and he deserves to get a job, according to Stephen A. Smith. So he thinks he's the OC and he calls him the OC. When I sit there and say, guess what? He's not the OC and he don't call the plays, but I've been saying it for three years. Everyone said, oh, JB, you're a hater. No, not really. Eric Brady is my friend. I know him. I know he doesn't call the plays, though. <laughs> but I've been saying this for how long? Uh, I don't know. It is what it is. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I think, is uh, the second coming of Peyton Manning. That is who I think Trevor Lawrence is. I think he's Peyton Manning with a better arm. I think he's Peyton Manning with a better arm. It's going to be, I want to see if he can win him win him a couple Super Bowls. And we can talk about how great he is. Does I, I believe he could be the next thing. I think he can end up toppling these other quarterbacks. Tom Brady gets out. Aaron Rodgers gets out and moves on. I think it'll, it can be a Burrow, Lawrence, Herbert, Allen, Mahomes league. That's what I think. I think Trevor Lawrence can be great. I think he's starting to show with an NFL head coach and experience and organization and structure uh, that he can be the next coming of a Peyton Manning or a great guy like that. So that's what I do believe. That's what I do think. Um, so, you know, is what it is. No, the Ravens have no shot. The, the, the Raiders have no shot. Um, the Raiders have absolutely no shot to beat the Bengals without Lamar Jackson. I don't believe they had a shot with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is three and two. Uh, I mean, is what he's won two out of three actually against Burrow in the regular season, but you know, Lamar doesn't do well in the playoffs. We know that. I, I think he's cowering out of playing. That's my personal opinion. And if you don't play in the playoffs for a team that you that you have been with over a contract extension, then I just lost all respect for you at whatsoever. Like I have no respect for you. And if I was my teammate, if I was a teammate of yours, I would be begging for you to get the fuck out. That's just me. If you are healthy and don't play in this game, you have pissed on every single one of those cats in the locker room. And that is why I disagree with Matt. That is why I don't like the transfer portal. That is why I don't like us being able to do what the fuck we want to do. You have to develop some tough skin at some point in your life. 
You have to battle adversity at some point in your life. And go fucking earn it. Stop asking for every fucking thing to be given to you on a silver fucking platter. Go earn it. I mean, your mama's your agent. You're scared of this. You don't want to play because you're like, give me a fucking break. We don't even play the game and we're making hundreds of millions of dollars. You guys don't see the fucking problem. You know why? Because you accepted that shit. Just like you accepted Maverick as a great movie. Real shit. You accepted that shit just like you think Maverick's a great movie. Because the popular opinion is what you roll with. I roll with the popular opinion. I'm going to roll with everyone else. I'm not going to stand on my own island with my own two feet and drop my nutsack and stand for what I believe in. That is the problem with America. If you just would stand for what you stood for, we'd have a better understanding of where people stand. But see, so many people roll with the flow against and, and don't go against the grain that now, guess what? We have an all-time backstabbing issue. We got so many motherfuckers who smile in your face and stab you in the back for that simple reason. If you would just disagree from the jump, We'd have great conversation, meaningful conversation. Maybe things would be put in the in the in the in the, in the law, and fucking, uh, we'd have some things put into office or in the in, into the world that we need. But no, we don't. We can't because you all agree to it in your face, and then turn around and stab you in the back and lie, 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 lie. Oh fuck, JB, he's a bitch. And then in person, hey man, I love you on the show. You're the greatest dude ever. And then I turn around and fucking talk shit. <laughs> Like, dog, talk shit in my face. I'm, it doesn't have to be a fight. It could be an argument of disagreement. It's a barbershop banter. It's barbershop banter, which I love to death. It's great talk. It's real shit. But I, I'm telling you right now, I don't go in a barbershop with a bunch of young kids. Because I'll cuss their motherfucking bitch-ass kids out. And they'll pull out a pistol. Because <laughs> that's what we live in. The day, That's the times are we are in. See, I'll go in a barbershop with a bunch of old head grown folks and we can talk shit and argue and have a great time and disagree all we want. And guess what? And we dap it up on the way out and go about our day. And and then people start to think, damn, maybe JB was right. Or may, may, I might think maybe he was right. And then you start to think about things in life and say, damn, maybe life ain't so cut and dried. Maybe I could change my thinking. Maybe I could go against the grain. But no, we don't. We don't do that. We don't want to do it. Um, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just so let me get into I, I showed you I showed you my quarterback tiers. OK, this is how I tiered them up. Shout out to Derek for doing that great graphic. Uh, but let me get to the fact that I'm going to, I want to break down my quarterbacks now and, and kind of just go in order so you guys can hear it clear as day. Here's my quarterback playoff quarterbacks in order. Okay. Joe Burrow is number one, who I'm rolling with. If I have to, if I'm saying, okay, this is the 14 quarterbacks in this fucking playoff and you give me any team in the playoff. All right. You, whatever team you give me, I get to pick the quarterback to win me a Super Bowl right now. 
I'm taking Joe Burrow number one over all others, over Brady right now, over Mahomes, over Allen, over Herbert, over Hertz, over Lawrence, over Daniel Jones, over Purdy, over Dak, over Cousins. I'm taking Burrow number one. Okay. I'm taking Burrow number one. All right. That's where I rank. That's where I'm ranking these guys right now. I take Tom Brady number two. I take Tom Brady number two. Okay. I'm taking Brady at number two. And um Let me see. Um, I'm taking Brady, too, because of who he is, seven-time champ. And I'm telling you, dog, the stars are aligning for Brady to go right back to winning another one this year. Telling you right now, just mark my words. Yeah, but Brady, Brady's number one overall, dog. I'm talking about right now, okay? Brady's number one overall. I get it. But he's 46. Burrow's the next thing. That's what I'm doing. And it's my fucking list, motherfucker. So shut the fuck up. Patrick Mahomes, I have at number three. Because he won a Super Bowl already. And we know he's a freak. But I don't believe he's the guy everyone else thinks. But he does have a Super Bowl. And I think Josh Allen comes in at number four. Because we know he's a freakish, gifted athlete. But at the same time, I haven't seen him win a meaningful game yet. So he's number four. Herbert, I think, is could be more talented than all of them. But guess what? Guess what? He hasn't fucking won a playoff game yet. Herbert hasn't won a playoff game yet. So I got him at five. I got him right above Jalen Hurts, who I think's made a hell of a stride and come a long way. But again, I think he's hurt number one. And I think number two... I don't think he can win a Super Bowl because I don't think he throws the ball down into the meat of the defense yet enough for me. I, I don't think he throws into the teeth of the defense yet. And um, that's where I'm at right now. I don't think he throws into the teeth of the defense. Okay. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I got Geno Smith at seven. I think he's a vet, a wily veteran who's yet to play in a playoff game. So I don't think this game's going to be too big for him Saturday with the, against the Niners or Sunday. I don't believe it's too big for him because he's like, fuck it, it's just another game. I've played this team twice. Let me not do some things that I did against them twice before and let me change a few things. And I think he's good enough. I think he can play under pressure. I think he has a big-time arm. I think he has great feet in the pocket. And I think he has the weapons to exploit the Niners, especially if Kenneth Walker can get the run game going. So that's why I like Geno Smith. And that's why I have him at number seven. I got Trevor Lawrence at eight. Because of the strides he's made, he's, he's done a great job. He looks like a big-time player. He's on a team that's won a lot of games in a row. He's a bigger talent than Daniel Jones. That's why I have him ranked above Daniel Jones as far as this playoff playoff quarterback ranking system of mine goes. Um, and I think that he has an easier way to travel. I think he has a better chance than Daniel Jones does to win him a playoff game. I think they can beat the Chargers, even though I am calling the Chargers to win the game. 
I think they can beat the Chargers, but he has an easier pass than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has to get through the Vikings, Tampa or Dallas, the Eagles or the Niners. Daniel Jones has an uphill battle that we all know is, is insurmountable at a young age, but he has came a long way like I have said he has. What do I know? I got Purdy at 10. Purdy benefits from having a great roster around him, just like Patrick Mahomes has benefited with a great roster around him. Um, Purdy benefits from a great roster, uh, great O-line, great McCaffrey in the run game, great weapons around him with Debo and Ayuk and, and, and all these guys. Kittles, he can get the ball as a safety valve too. I put Purdy at 10 in the playoffs. Um, Dak Prescott comes in at 11. He's thrown too many interceptions. He throws too many dumb balls. He makes too many dumb decisions. This is his worst season ever. I think the Cooper Rush psyche has weighed on Dak as being, damn, am I really better than Cooper Rush? We know I'm more talented, but am I really a difference maker for this Cowboy team? Are they better with Cooper Rush? Can Cooper Rush win more games than I can? It's in his head. I'm just telling you, it is in his head. Dak has underachieved his entire career. He's injury prone. He doesn't throw the ball where it needs to go consistently. He's consistently inconsistent, and he leaves the league in interceptions, and I don't care about the drop balls, okay? So Jameis Winston had six drop balls when he threw 30 picks. So he would have had 30 touchdowns and 24 picks, and then you would have thought he was a lot better. But no, he had 30 picks, and you fucking chastised him. So shut the fuck up. Don't chastise one and not the other, okay? Dak Prescott threw picks, okay? Period. Don't don't fucking tell me it's different picks for one guy than it is for the other. So I don't want to hear it. Miss me with the bullshit. Kirk Cousins comes in at number 12. I don't think he can play in meaningful games. I don't think he can play in meaningful games. I think the lights get too bright for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins struggles in meaningful football games, and that's just where I stand. I think he's right there, right behind Dak. 13 on the 13th of of this great January 13th, Friday the 13th, Taylor Huntley comes in at 13. Uh, He, he, I saw him play at Utah. He's a great, he was a great college guy. He got to the league. He's played in the league. I mean, shit, he's a one percenter of the humans on earth, right? He's just not an NFL quarterback. Um, He's probably more of an XFL quarterback. He has a horrible delivery. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's not a freak of nature athletically. He's not Lamar Jackson by any means. He he doesn't have the improvisation skill set that Lamar has, and he's not the freak of nature he has. So he's a sitting duck back there with no weapons around him at wideouts. The Ravens are going to struggle with him. He's trying to get the ball to the tight end over and over and over. That's all he really has. Taylor Huntley's going to struggle. I have him at 13. And then I'm going to go with this other rookie, Skylar Thompson, as the last guy on the list. He just doesn't have enough experience. He doesn't have enough playing experience. And um, he uh, he's obviously the last. I mean, you could put Huntley last, but I, I'm not going to – at least Huntley's played uh, a lot of games this year uh, in, a, in the absence of Lamar Jackson, uh, Lamar uh, injury-prone quitter Jackson. So I'm going to put Skylar Thompson at number 14. That is my playoff quarterbacks in order. That is how I rank them. All right. 
That is my own list, contrary to your belief. That is my list. So Eddie Manyweather, all he can say is I'm wrong. But he doesn't say, JB, you're wrong because of X, Y, Z. He just says you're wrong. <laughs> Come on, Eddie. Give me some facts, homie. Why am I wrong? You got to bring facts to me. Why am I wrong? Man, I see the Discord chat going on. I appreciate everybody. Um, type in right now so you see that it's me. Appreciate everybody. Everyone. Appreciate everyone. Boom. Um, if you're not a member of the Discord, become one today. $2.99. Make sure you guys... Uh, a lot of you guys, you, you're not even regular members. So... If you want to get, if you want to be able to have me anytime, I you now you can travel with me. Now you can travel with me. I don't know if the Discord, um, does it allow for video and shit? Like, can I? Can you see me live on the Discord? Um, I don't know. But what what I'm saying is, you could travel with me now and talk to me while I'm doing things. So that's cool. Uh, I have no issue with that. Um, and uh, hey. It is what it is. So, you know, maybe I can do videos and all that type of shit. So I can go live. Daniel said I could go live. Bree Black's typing. Discord is co is popping. That's crazy. Okay, I like the Discord. Make sure you guys all become members of the Discord. Uh, we got almost 500 regular members. There should be more than 500 Discord members. We can chop it up at all times. And uh, it is what it is. Um, thank you, JD. The Maverick. People don't look through the real. They just see the popular shit. They just want the popular shit. They want to see the popular shit. Um, Alex Head, what up? Appreciate you. Um, Jared Payton, son of great Walter Payton, is going to be joining the show here. Uh, much love to him. Um I gotta, I gotta, uh, I gotta show some, uh, Hector, are you going to add some bots? Fuck. I don't, I, I, I hate the bots, dog. I don't want no bots. Um, man, look at this. Look at this picture right here, Jared. Look at that picture. That, are you wearing that shit right now? Bro? What's up? <laughs> What's up, coach? Man, man, I appreciate you coming on in, man. Clap it up for my main man. Um, Man, it's been crazy. It's been a year already. We was at the Super Bowl together last year, and now it's like, damn, where does time gone? Time is uh, is flying by, man. I remember seeing you uh, at the uh, convention center, and yeah. you know anybody that anybody that watches Netflix or seen Last Chance, you like, especially football players, coach. It's weird because being out of the game and being able to watch that show. Man, it just it brought me back because, you know, for a for a dad now who I have a ten year old who tells me he wants to play, you know, sports down the line, and so I'm like, yo, these are these are the the, the shows you got to be able to watch. Even though he's young, I'm trying to tell him like, yo, this is the grind to be able to make it. He doesn't understand, and so 
Coach, it was the same way of having the goat in my house. And my dad was trying to tell me what to do. And I was like, yo, that's pops. I don't want to listen to him. So I tried to go other other places to get that information. And so just to see you in that moment, man, it hit me. And I was like, yo, it's JB right there, man. Hey, man, I appreciate <laughs> you, man. It's a pleasure, too, man. I, you know, I, 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 you can't understand. You don't even understand the uh, that it was a uh, it was great meeting you that day. I was like, man, this, this is a uh, this is real life, man. This is uh, I was just talking about this the other day, how you just said that, man. You used to like, you used to talk to your dad who is revered as possibly the greatest running back of all time. And you wouldn't listen to him like you do someone else. Like maybe you went over to Dennis Gentry and asked him and he, and then you believed his word was bond, right? Like yeah. I talk about it all the time, Jerry. I'm like, dude, you won't listen to me. Somebody that's trying to steer you strong instead of steer you wrong, but you'll listen to a cat on the outside and you'll buy their Jordans and you'll buy their, their music and all that, but you won't buy the homies music. You won't support the homies whiskey line or cigar brand, but you'll go buy Ciroc. And that's what we live in. We live in the popular, like, you know, uh, opinionated uh, era. And I, I, I wish people would listen to, uh, to more people, man. I, I got a video, man. I got this old school video I found. Oh. Uh, Walter Payton was on the brink of making uh, NFL history. But the Bears trailed the Saints 7-6, to which is second. Third touchdown of the year. And the third. See this film right here. I got a little film. With three I know seconds. where you're going with this. Touchdown. There you go. The running playoff. And they give it to Walter. Hurdles. Touchdown. That boosties, didn't he? Dude. Um, Hey, crazy hops. I was just, it's funny that you bring that up. I just was looking at a picture of my pops from this guy sent me a bunch of photos, like old school photos. And there's a picture of him dunking from in old school. Like he's, he's, he's leaping up in an old game. They used to play these pickup games at a high school here in Chicago and all the Bears players, and I'm looking at him jump up and go, dude, he had the boosties, and he was like 5'10", man. But the way he played the game, Coach, is the way that I think we should attack life, right? Um, people are going to tell you you're too small. They're going to tell you you can't do something. They're always going to give you – so you're going to hear a lot of negative vibes coming your way. But I think the fact is if you believe in yourself, if you work as hard as you can – Literally, you can make anything happen. Yes, you got to have some some luck follow your way too. Like you, you have to have luck. It's it's like, it, it's about the blessings that you have, a little bit of luck, your work ethic, and if you do that, man, you can literally do whatever you want to do. This dude from Columbia, Mississippi, who they said would never make it, by the time he left the NFL, he was the all time leading rusher. Missed one football game his whole career. That was in his rookie year. Cool. Like, 13 years and basically that was his rookie year and then showed up. And so to me, that's what's most important. Are you going to show up? Are you going to show up when you don't feel well? Are you going to show up when you, you know, you have a separated shoulder? Are you going to show up when you have a high ankle sprain? The, the, the game in the seven in 79, when he rushed for or 77, he rushed for 275 yards. He woke up that morning with a 104 degree temperature, not feeling well at all, and went out and carried the ball 40 times for 275 in an NFL game. In an NFL game, coach. So 
So I don't want to hear it that oh, I don't feel well today. That's why I look at things in a different perspective. Like there's no, I'm going to find a way every single day to make it happen. And it might not, I might not, I might not win. I might not get what I always want, but guess what? Even though if I lose, I didn't lose. I learned something. I learned for the next, for the next time that it comes around that I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to be better the next time. And so I never look at anything as failure. I just look at it as life lessons to be able to get me to where I want to go. So um, the fact now that coach, the fact that he's gone now, I've, I've learned so much more now about life and in the game of life yeah. that it's helped me. And um, I wish I do. I wish he was here. Cause I know we'd be balling right now. We'd be doing, we'd be doing something right now. We, we, we'd have our own cigar line. Hell whiskey yeah. line. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That, that's where I'm going. I, Jared, I don't think, I think we could tell these stories until we're black and blue in the face. And, this generation will just shun it off. Duh, man, whatever. Because they don't understand. They have no clue what it is like to play with 104 temperature in pads in an NFL game and go for 275. They don't have a clue to play in an NBA championship game with the flu, damn near feeling deathly like Jordan did. These guys are taking load management days like and making way more money than we ever did. Like your dad never made the money that these guys are making right now. Like – and Lamar Jackson won't play in a playoff game tomorrow? Hey, man. Come but on. That, but, but, Coach, but that's the reason why. The reason why is the money is yes, it's, it's too yes. much. It's too yes. good. And so if you sacrifice it, then you're you're losing out on money. And I think that's probably the biggest issue here. And we and we look at the issues with, with Baltimore and with Lamar. Like, I, I live in a house where that's – my son, that's all he talks about. He talks about Lamar. He's got the Lamar uh, jersey. He talks about Mahomes. He talks about Justin Fields, all these guys. But with Lamar, it's telling that everything that he did, dude's got an MVP. You know, we, you and I know how hard it is to have a, an NFL MVP. And I get it where we look at how Baltimore is built around especially offensively, they built around him and going to getting another quarterback. I think it's, it's too hard. They don't want to pay him what he wants to be paid. So there's that friction that's there. And, and to me, that's, that's, that's the issue. The issue is the friction. Is that ever going to change? Yeah. You could go and franchise him again, but eventually, I mean, the young man wants to get paid and I, I gave him a lot of credit, Coach, for stepping out onto that field in training camp without having a deal done. I was like, yo, dude, you you taking you taking a big risk to do this. And I but I understand for people that I know that are around him talk about what kind of dude he is. Um, he is he is a team guy. He's there, he's he's available to all of his guys, unlike I don't, I don't even know, unlike. But let's yeah. just say like Aaron Rodgers, a little bit different story, the way that he is with the guys and his situation has changed in Green Bay with a younger, younger generation coming into that building. He's he he's so stuck in his ways. He doesn't want to change. Lamar's in that. He gets it. He's in that vibe with those guys in the locker room. But with that organization, they don't want to pay him. And I get it, too, on the, the sense of where they're coming from, a guy that runs the ball like he does, it's a part of his game. 
eventually you're not going to last that long in the NFL if you're going to do that. I don't care how good you are. Injuries are going to take their toll. So in Miami Super Bowl, that was uh, 49ers and Chiefs, right before COVID hit, I was talking with Cam Newton because he was on he was the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award nominee for, for his team. And so we were having a conversation. And, Coach, it was the first time I ever saw him in person. Like, Great, when right? I, huge. When I, when, huge. Like, huge. When I saw him, I was like, holy cow. And I just got chills. I asked him, I said, bro, bro how is it? How, how do you get through it of running the football? He's like, he looked at me with his eyes and said, man, dude, it takes a toll, bro. From the beginning of my career to where I am now, it's taken a toll on my body and on, on my career. And so that, that to me just goes to show you can be that big, that strong. It's still, it doesn't matter. You're playing with grown men in the NFL. Grown man and hitting you with the same pads you got on and the same weights that you hit, they hit. And I, you know, it ain't the same league as when your dad played, trust that. But, but it is, or even when you played, um, it's been crazy. You know, it's been, uh, it's been crazy, man. I'm just watching this thing go by. I'm just looking at it and I'm like, damn, load management in the NBA. Uh, I just couldn't imagine, you know, you taking your kids to watch, Larry Bird and Magic play each other, and then you get there because we didn't have social media and the phones then. You get there, and these two cats are in civilian clothes sitting on the bench because you didn't know they're not playing tonight. And we're like, why are you not playing? I just spent $700 a ticket to come see my two favorite players. And just imagine back in the day if that was happening, what they're doing now. At least we have social media and we could try to get our ticket refund or whatever. It blows my mind. I'm like, dude, that would have been, it would have been like anarchy. Motherfucker's going to the game and and spending all that money and these guys aren't even playing. And now it's just a slap in the face, in my opinion, to the fan base. And I love watching these Kobe Bryant uh, clips. And uh, people are like, hey, man, you're injured and stuff. Why are you playing? Why don't you rest? He goes, because these these parents paid $700 to come see me. And I don't even know. We don't even have that mentality no more. I just don't get it. And I'm like, you know, it can change real fast. Jared, if you stop paying for the tickets and then those guys will stop getting the money and but then that's playing. Coach, coach, that ain't, I, I said, if you want anything to change, you have yes. to, it, it really does. I think fans, we forget about that. And I think the fans forget about it, like that they have, they have to do it as a collective unit. And I think that's the hard part. But when you look at leagues, especially in the NBA, I'm here in Chicago, third largest market in, in the country. Uh, we have a Bulls organization that has not won a championship since Mike was here in the 90s. And they're still eating off of Mike, like still eating off of Mike. When you right. look at attendance on a night to night basis, they're still packing the UC. People are still coming and people are upset. And I'm and I'm like, well, you're upset, but you're still going to to games if you're not getting what you want and the product that you want then step away. But why would management and ownership change if people are still sitting in seats? So yeah, you're still paying the money. If there are still top five in, 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 in attendance, man, it means they're getting still some really good money. 82 games are still getting, getting good money. So yeah, I think fans do have a little bit more power than they think. But I think it's too hard. We're so sucked in these days when it comes to all these games and, and all these sports. It's what we live for. The internet drives it. 
gambling drives it, all that stuff. I mean, I, if you would have told me that the the NFL, I knew before my grandma passed away, my mom's mom, I'll never forget this. This is when I knew that sports and the NFL is just king. Man, I was down in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm hanging out, and my grandma was like, grandson, come in here. I was like, what? She was like, I need you to help me pick out my uh, my fantasy team. I said, what do you mean? Fan- grandma, you like 70-something years old? You got a fantasy team? She said, yeah, me and the girls up at the VA, we picking our fantasy teams today, and I'm trying to win. Should I get Drew Brees? I was like, What? <laughs> My grandma is doing fantasy football. That's how I knew. I was like, dude, it, it, fantasy has changed the game, man. It has made not only the cat, even the casual fan where it used to be like, well, I'm from Chicago. I love the Bears. Well, you know everybody on the Bears. Now you know every player from every team because they're on your fantasy team. And it's really the NFL has done a good job of really taking that into account and also growing the brand, not just here in the States, but we're talking about overseas. I went to go see the bears and the Raiders over in London a couple of years ago. And coach, I, I, I kid you not like so many, first of all, bears fans from the 85 team, that 85 team that people are still loving to death and that's the reason why they became football fans was because of that team. And then seeing all the jerseys from every single team and people just like, dude, we can't get enough of this. So I see that conversation of why they're saying, wow, let's move a team over here. Let's move a team over here because the money is good, man. And if you want to see where everything's going, all you got to do and you know this, just follow the money and you will see what you got. There's something that's always there. All the money, man. It's crazy. How old were you when you uh, when when uh, you were five years old when when your pops yep. won Super Bowl? Five years old. Um, don't remember it that yeah. much, but I talked to people here in Chicago, and what we've had two three peats with Jordan. We've had three Stanley Cup championships with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves and the Blackhawks. We had two. South side and North side baseball teams winning world series championships. Um, we've had WNBA championships. Like it's, we've had all these things. People coach still talk about the 85 bears. This is a bears town. This is it's run. You could talk bears 365 days a year in this town and you'd be good. You can't do that with every sport. It's only football here in this town and football is King here. And so, it's it's driven where the Bears are right now. It's in Justin Fields. It's really it's got this city like on a buzz right now. That's on a high that I haven't seen before. And I've been in the business of TV and radio for the last ten years here. Other than eighteen, when they went to the playoffs with Matt Nagy, I haven't seen. And that was just they got to the first round. They were just playing. They were in just trying to do their thing. Now. They get bounced first game out and every people in this town lost their mind. So I can only imagine if Justin Fields can find a way and they could build around him to get anywhere close. This, this, I'm telling you, this, this town will blow up if they can find a way to get this done in the next five to six years, it would go crazy. No doubt. Your dad had probably one of the greatest hall of fame acceptance speeches ever. Um, he, he, <laughs> He's right up there with some of the greatest ever. Were you at that? How old were you then? 
Yeah, I was, uh, what, 13, 12, 13, 12, 13 years old. And so when he asked me to induct him into the Hall of Fame, I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Like, I had no clue that it would be a part of my legacy, like, down the line. And I was the first son to induct his father into the Hall of Fame. And so, Man, congrats. yeah, when it, you know, I was... I was nervous, didn't want to do it. I was super scared of, of talking. Young kid, of I mean, that's a lot. Dude, it was, coach, it was a lot. He was like, he was like, bro, I want you to do this. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm cool. And then I knew now what it you, meant. Now I, you'd be regretting that until yes. the day you die. Yeah, I would have. And so it. people come to me and talk about that being, we all want to be the first at something, right? Like, can we say we're the first at something? And for me, in this day and age, right, with all the apps and all this stuff, you can't say you're the first. Somebody's already doing it. For me to be able to say that I was the first to ever do that is, is an honor. But I knew how much that moment meant to him. Like, yeah, you talk, coach, you talk to these dudes that have gold jackets, right? Yeah. They don't, that's, it's not the goal to get there. But I think they all know, like the great ones, that at some point that it's they have an opportunity to get there, and so to be there amongst the best is is like is it's crazy for them. And then once they get there, it's like holy cow, I'm um, I'm actually I'm here. And so I I think about my pops, which is cool because I did the introduction. But think about this, coach. Now I got. Ed Reed, who I played with at Miami, he's got a gold jacket. Um, Reggie Wayne is up this year with Devin Hester and also Andre Johnson. Another dudes that I that I was in in meetings with that I played. Hey, Lou, were you there with Ray too? Yeah. Well, no, not with Ray. I was there with Reggie. Okay. So I can't. I went. I was there ninety nine to two thousand and four. Okay. So. He, you know, I was with I was with Ed Reed, I was with Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss, Vince Wolfsburg. I mean, Gore, uh, right? Gore. And hold up, hold up, coach, hold up. This dude, Frank Gore, I saw tear his ACL. He did it twice at the U. Coach, this dude is sitting third behind my father on the all-time rushing list, and I was in a meeting room with this dude. I know. In my hold up in my meeting room, just so people if they don't know, in my meeting room at one point, it was Najee Davenport, James Jackson, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, Edrin, Clinton Portis. All of us were in the room together. Edrin, Edrin left uh, the year before I got there. He he left. He left in uh, after the. Uh, 98 season, and he was y'all replaced SC as running back you for a while. You know, it was back and yeah. forth because that yeah. those two programs are known to have the most, the greatest running backs of all time. You so, have to argue so, SC is in Miami. So hold up. So listen. So yo. So my boy, I was at when I was with the Titans. Lindell White came to the to the Titans. So him and I were in the room together, and Lindell and I would just be fighting all day. I was like, "Come on, bro. I know, I know y'all got you good. I know." Reggie is the it, I mean Reggie was a highlight film. I don't well, know. Just rest in peace. He just passed. Uh, yeah, Marcus man. Allen. Yeah, Marcus Allen. I was like, I was like, I you OJ. OJ. I mean, it's it's amazing to be around great talent, and you know, like you've seen it, and just I, I was thinking about your story 
and talking about your game and how you played the game and how you coach. Just think about how many players, and I've done the same thing, that you've seen that were really, really good but never made it, and people will never hear their names, never. right? Never. Like, you think about the talent. There's, there's dudes more that, that didn't make it than did. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many dudes who were – five-star coming to Miami and then couldn't get the grades right, couldn't stay on track, couldn't do the school, the, the, the life outside of football and football together. They got caught up in stuff like just so many dudes, man. And so I'm, I'm lucky that this game blessed me with maybe not the success that I was always looking for because I didn't play football until my junior year in high school. I was a soccer player from four years old till my sophomore year. Junior year was the first time I ever put pads on. I never knew. I didn't understand the game, didn't really like the game. I just did it because I was bored of playing soccer. Like I was – and, Coach, if you ever get a chance, you need to talk to some people that see me play. Man, They people come up to me and are mad at me because they say that I could have changed the way that Americans looked at soccer if I would have kept playing. Damn. So, so that's how that's how good I was. I man. soccer then. Yay. So I switched over and I'm like, man, I, I'm glad that I learned because man, I, I had to grind, man. I had to learn how to become a man playing a game, the game of football without having my pops around. And when I got to Miami, you talk about talent wise, all those names that I named, I was so used to being the best at where I was from. Like I was the best here. I was the fastest here. And then I got to Miami and I saw this is, Man, these dudes, they got some dogs here. Yeah. Like, you you got to figure it out. And coming from South Barrington, Illinois, where I'm from, man, I didn't have to worry about when I was going to eat next. Right. I didn't have to worry about when I was going to get a pair of shoes. My pops was hitting up Mike Jordan for a pair of Jordans. Like, right. I was always comfortable. And so for me, when I got to Miami, I never was ever out of my comfort zone until I got there. And it you was in Juco, me. dog. I, I, I'm just saying, I could uh, I could only imagine what what's that like to be outside of that. But it's crazy to, to start there, to start up here, to go from Miami to the NFL, be there for a while, and then go to the CFL, which was awesome in Canada. And then next thing you know, it was indoor football. And it was, you know, I went from flying, we, flying on chartered flights to them being on a flight plane, going to like, uh, going to like, I don't know, on the West Coast somewhere. I, I, I think Grant, go, like, no, just going to Grand Rapids and then taking a, a eight passenger seat bus, bus. right? Hell yeah. And, and carrying my own gear Hell and yeah. holding my own stuff. Dude, it was humbling the whole, my whole entire career. And, and I would never change any of it because I went from having five star dinners to eating at CC's Pizza. And, and making sure you don't have the buffet. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, CeCe's good shit. <laughs> hey, I used to take my team there in Iowa when we got to go play in Iowa somewhere in the middle of nowhere, man. I was like, shoot, CeCe's the spot. Um, hey, co Coach, I got to ask you a question, man. Yep. I asked you a question since I got you. And, like, this is the this is the part. I'd rather interview people than be interviewed. Me too. But I got to ask you, when you think about your – the your career and parts of it being on on video where people have a chance to go watch it over and over again um 
Is there anything different in those in those frames of those those that documentary that you would change, or 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 are you a person that's just like, nah, this is who I am, this is what I do, and I wouldn't change anything? Yeah, you know that the, I I had a worry when this whole thing came because I turned them down. I was like, I don't know, I don't even watch Netflix. I don't know nothing about the first show in Mississippi. I never knew about it. My team, my player, my coaches knew about it, and the players knew about it. I did not, and I was like, I'm not interested. I don't want to. What the hell is this? I I was so oblivious. I didn't have social media at the time. I didn't do any of that stuff. And uh, I talked to a couple guys like Pete Carroll and a couple other guys and, and mentors of mine and talked to coaches. And I was like, man, he's like. I, I slept on it. I came back the next day. They they left me some voicemails and emails. Like, please think about it. We've done research. We really want to film you. And I'm like, well, who am I to kind of, you know, who am I to turn away an opportunity for not only a bunch of inner city black kids, but a bunch of black coaches. Hmm. And 13 coaches got division one jobs off of those couple of years. Um, and, and that's not the first time I've sent coaches to Division One and getting them jobs because I've known so many coaches because I get the best players. I send them the best players. My players last. They don't get kicked out. They don't go to jail. They understand structure and, and, and discipline. And that is why guys take my recommendation at the four-year level. But I knew the microphones were going to be an issue, not mm. the camera so much. I really didn't care about the camera. I cared about the microphone. Mm. And, you know, when you film somebody for 3,500 hours or whatever and you only show 16 hours of it, you got Nick Sabins and Kirby Smarts and Dabos and all these guys that I've known for a long time who tell me, AJV, I can't thank you enough for being who we really are, showing who we really are. As you saw, Kirby Smarts audio leaks the other day. Yeah. And now, it's funny, though, Jared, he's being praised. I'm being thrown. Yeah, he is. I'm telling you, it's the craziest thing because. I, I was sitting in the newsroom in the sports department of my, of my station and this guy comes in and he's like, yo, did you hear this audio? And I'm like, yeah. And, and, and I'm thinking to myself, man, it's crazy how some people <laughs> get praised and then some people, you know, get kind of ostracized for, for yeah, all man. that. And I so don't regret it though, Jared. I don't regret it because this is who I am. And I was always going to fight for my players. I was always going to be the same players coach I've always been. Um, even as the head coach where I've, you know, I've been a head coach five, six different times, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm still going to be the guy that that's what people don't get Jared. Like I never had a player leave my program. I had the best players coming into my program every year. And I've never heard anyone on social media talk bad about me that played for me. How ironic is that? But guess what? I'm the asshole. Nobody likes. It's like, it's crazy to me how we perceive certain things. Uh, and it's all because, you know, there's trigger words. I've been talking about it all week because the Kansas City fan base is uh, up in arms in me right now because I think that uh, I've said Mahomes is overrated. I said I, I think he's great. I think he's unbelievable talent. But I said he's had one of the most loaded rosters for five years. Now he's got one bowl and hasn't beat a 46-year-old. I said I want to see him win multiple games and Super Bowls, and I want to see this happen in five years from now. I don't want to – I'm not with the quick anointing of these guys that everyone else is like. They they're anointing these kids way too fast. And I'm just like, pump our brakes. Aaron Rodgers was supposedly the GOAT, too. He has one ring, too. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes on these guys. And, uh, and, and oh, man, the homers go at it hard. They defend their guys now. They're after me like crazy right now. And <laughs> hey, to that point, though, before I get we, you get out of here, uh, the, you're in Chicago. I, I saw a couple of your tweets. Yeah. I. 
I'm not a Justin Fields believer. I, 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 I love the kid. I recruited him. I tried to get him to Indy with me, and he would have been on the show with me because Georgia, he left Georgia, and then he won the appeal. And if the NCAA didn't allow that appeal, it would have been a hard recruiting error. We would have been trying to get him. I don't know if I'd have got him or not, but I, I had a lot of meetings, talked with him and his family. I was probably one of the only coaches to get a hold of him um, because he was so stuck on going D1 and sitting out and, and all that. So we were like, look, if you don't get this appeal, come over here for a year and go anywhere you want to go. Yeah. Well, great kid, grandmother, great family. I mean, I, I have no issue with the kid's character. I don't think he can win a Super Bowl, though, just like I don't believe Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray – and people are like, oh, Coach JB, it's a black-white thing. Well, first of all, 40 of the quarterbacks I've coached are black. So miss me with the BS. Number two, <laughs> I also think Carson Wentz is garbage. Baker Mayfield's garbage. I go on and on. Derek Carr's garbage. So I can talk about – you want to talk about all this color stuff. It's like It blows my mind. But Justin Fields, to me, is the second coming of your daddy. Oh, wow. You, t- you, you going you – going, you going running back? Hey, you're Justin Fields is hey. like dad toting the rock. He needs hey, listen, draft Bryce Young. But hold up, coach, 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 coach. You know, and I listen. I when it comes to I watch everything. We follow each other on Twitter and Instagram, so I watch you break down stuff. I uh, I, I value your opinion, especially on on quarterbacks and just the game of football. I. I see where people are coming from with all this, with like the way that they use him this season. Um, I'll tell you this. It's really tough when you don't have a true number one in this league. Um, and, and also too, when you break down, I, I get it. He, he, he has to get better as a passer. But the one thing though, is he didn't run like this in college, man. And I get why I get why in college, because when you look at the way his roster was set from high school to college, he had studs always around him at every single level. He had great offensive line play from high school to, to college. And they could scheme guys open in college football a little bit better. And the guys that are the Chris Olaves and those guys get separation. He throws bombs. The one thing that I love about him and the, re- the reason why I have a lot of faith in him is because I know I do. He's a dog, man. The dude's going yeah, to he, he, he's going he's going to work and yeah. and when I, when I hear the things about he is the first guy in and the last one to leave and then you talk about how smart he actually is football wise the mechanics a little bit I think they've always tried his 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 delivery is is what it is they've tried to work on it it is what it is I think they I think they're going to find I think he's going to find a way to get this done I have so much faith in this kid I don't know about winning a super bowl and all that but if he can tone it down where he's passing for two, two, 280, maybe 300, he's rushing for 50 or 60 yards, bro, people, we already see what happens, how teams have to play him with these RPOs. They, they have to respect the running game. He, he's just got to find a way to go, well, I don't need to take it 60. I, you know what I can do? I can get the first down, get down, and let's, let's reset. Let's reset. And I want him to take care of his body. That's what's most important to me. Um, winning the Super Bowl, we know how tough that is. I don't know. I'm hoping that he can do that because I'm a Bears fan as a as a realist, a guy, person that covers this this league and this and also this organization. It, it, that, it takes a lot to be able to get there. And that means that Ryan Poles is going to have to surround him with superior talent for him to to have that opportunity. 
but I think we're in the right, we're going in the right direction. We got the first overall pick. Let's see what some of these teams are going to do and that need quarterbacks that are going to move up. What kind of, can we get any type of haul? Maybe this year, I know Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and Will Levitz, all those guys. It's not the same as like if we had the number one pick next year with Caleb Williams, right? Like you could fleece somebody with that, like, because that's what everybody's waiting for right now. Now Kevin Warren, right? Yeah, like Kevin Warren too. And having a dude that if you would have told me years ago that uh, the GM, the the CEO and the president and the, and the, the, the quarterback would all look like me. I would like, I I would have told you you're crazy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. So they're, the bears are moving in a direction that they haven't done before. And especially when it comes to the Kevin Warren hire, it's, it's awesome to see that they went outside of the organization to make this happen. And a guy that understands about building, uh, building a stadium, which the bears are trying to do in Arlington Heights and, and also a sale of a team as well. What he did in Minnesota, if that maybe is a a vision of what the McCaskies want to do down the line, I have no clue, but if that's the case, I think they got the right man. And when George McCaskey walks in the owners meetings with Kevin Warren by his side, it's a little bit different, man. It's a little bit different. You can, you can say you like or dislike what happened during the COVID years with the big 10 and what he had to do. I think we were all in a crazy mindset at that time. A lot of us trying to figure things out. But I think what he's done in talking to people that are around him, man, they say he's special. So I'm looking forward to this Bears organization doing special things in the future, man. And, hey, I know it's past 11. It's 11.05 on my time. I know you got to get off, but. Uh, No, I'm good. Uh, If you got a couple minutes, I just want to go through this real quick. Uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, usually I get it at nine, but shit, I don't care. I got you on the phone. Uh, (laughs) Let me ask you this, though. I I, I don't miss with this QB thing not too often, and I I loved Fields. I loved Lamar Jackson before this thing. I'm hearing that he's not playing because of a contract. I kind of lose respect for that. Like, if you leave your brothers in the locker room that depend on you to play for a playoff game, I kind of lose. If you're healthy to play, dog. I just, I just, this generation, man, is just disappointing me with this stuff, man. This sit out and the load management in the NBA and the, all this type of stuff. Like your dad missed one game, man. Like it's a slap in the face to the forefathers, man, that used to do this thing at bare minimum as far as income. Like this, this marketplace has been set. The market has been set so high and these kids just continue to take it for granted, slap us in the face. And I'm just like, dog, we've given the car keys to these kids before we ever teach them to drive. And they just want, want, want. They don't want to earn nothing. And I, I, I said this play, the style of play is unsustainable. Look at Lamar. Look at Trey Lance. Look at Kyler Murray. We can't throw the ball from the pocket consistently and continue to be consistently inconsistent. We're going to have issues at the quarterback spot. And I blame, I'm being honest, Jerry. What do you blame? I, what do you blame? college coaches i blame i blame lincoln riley his quarterbacks haven't done anything in the nfl i blame dot day day's quarterbacks hasn't done anything in the nfl and it's because we don't give them verbiage anymore like we once did when me and you played we had to run from the sideline to the huddle give the play call it out now we got a card jared that's i know that's that's a part that's a part of the issue that I think you're right. I've said it for, for a long time where these guys, they're coming in, these quarterbacks are coming into the league 
Everything is predetermined already. So you're not having to break down coverage and what's going on. It's just real. You look over, it's already there, it's here, and then you, it's already predetermined. And to me, yeah, that is that is an issue. And so now these guys are trying to play catch up. In once they get to the league, and now you're doing now you're doing that at the pro level. It's it is it's hard to do. There are certain guys that I feel like can do it that can learn to get better at it. They're going to take some, it's going to take some time, but protection to me is everything, right? I mean, let's look you don't at the protection, man. You're going to get caught like Kyler Murray. All these guys are getting all caught. these guys, but let's, if we can go to, let's go to Philly coach. Let's go to Philly. Everybody, the first couple years of, of looking at Jalen hurts and nobody was believing in what was going on there. They, they did it right. they, they, they found a way. Their defense is sound. Uh, their offensive line is sound. They got him a couple of guys that can go. A.J. Brown, they got him some studs. They are, I mean, like, if you can do that, then it takes off away because then it becomes – I think the game becomes easier for these guys. But still, you got to have those dudes that can make plays. But you need to have a true number one. Your offensive line has to be stout for these guys to feel comfortable. And I think for Justin – the issue was early on, you got a second-year quarterback that's into the game that doesn't truly have a number one. Darnell Mooney was his number one here in Chicago until he ended up getting hurt. But other than that, he was feeling pressure from all over the place because his offensive line was like a like a, like a turnstile, right? They was like, oh, one guy here, or we're going to move this guy around to this position. Oh, this guy's hurt. It was like that all season long. So as soon as he saw color – soon as he saw anything where normally you want those dudes to say, listen, I'm going to stare down in the barrel of the gun. I'm going to stand in here and make this throw. Make as, a young, as a quarterback, a young quarterback that's super athletic, he's like this. Nah, I'm not. I, I, I'm gonna, What am I going to rely on? I'm going to rely on my feet because I, I know I can get out of trouble here. I think over time, if you can get somebody feeling comfortable in the pocket to stay in there, I want to see that first, Coach, before people can start making those th those assumptions of Justin, of just being a runner. I want the Bears to do right by him. And guess what? I was upset because I was all in on, yo, let's do it this year. Let's let's find a way to get him more talent, surrounded with an offensive line with Ryan Poles. But then I once I saw the season start coming up, I saw the moves that Ryan Poles didn't make, and I go – now I know what they're doing. Oh, they're going to bottom out. They're going to bottom this thing out, you know, just try to get through the season. Hopefully he doesn't get injured, and let's get a top-five pick. Well, they lucked around. They traded Khalil Mack. They got rid of Robert Quinn. Um, they, they, they traded Roquan Smith to Baltimore. So you, they, made, they started showing you that they were trying to get rid of some of this, this, the, these salaries and be able to bottom out because now they come in with 118, 120 million that they can spend. And now they got the number one overall pick. So I really want to see Justin with some, some superior talent first before I can hear. And like, that was my, that was my post last night is because I was going through Twitter and I was watching people from other teams with photos of him photoshopped in their jerseys, like Carolina and oh, all yeah. the, like, I'm like, I hear all these people hating on my dude, but I also hear other people that want this dude for their squad. So 
my thing was, yo, you can I, have your opinion on him, but yo, keep it on your side. Like, let it stay on that side because here in Chicago, we rolling with QB1. I'm rocking with my dude. Does it turn out to be a a uh, a Super Bowl? Listen, I have no clue, Coach, but I'll tell you this. My goal for that young man is to be the best quarterback in our franchise's history. If we can start there, if we can make that happen, then I I'll be fine with that. We'll let all the rest play out how it plays. But we haven't had a 4,000-yard quarter, like, throwing the ball in Chicago. Like, can he be that? If he could be that, dude, just just give it to me. And I, I'm with you, though. I know how hard it is to sustain the play of the type of quarterbacks that we see that run the football. Like I told you, with Cam, it just it's hard to do in this league. You just and stay healthy doing it. So if you can find a way to balance that, then yeah, like Josh Allen, can you balance like that? Because he's a dude that can run, but he, that dude can throw. He can spin the rock, though, man. Well, no doubt. That like dude says in the chat that says, City of Chicago believes in Justin breaking records with the worst O-line and wide receiver core. Well, this yeah. is why he's breaking records, though, because I don't believe he understands, like you just said, protection, coverage, rotation, where to go with the football. And what happens is, as you know, Jared, you start ad-libbing. You got your great freaking nature athletically. You're going to take it and tuck it and run. Yeah. We had the same situation in, in, in New York. And, and and Daniel Jones gets castrated over having – they can arguably be have a worse though line in wideouts. If you well, really yeah. Down. Yeah, I mean, they, they, made some, they, they, made, they made some moves too. So, yeah, I mean, they – I'm interested in the seeing how this plays itself out with um, Daniel Jones because – So you don't think there's a, a chance in hell he, that Justin's getting traded? No, not at, at, at all. I do not think – and I – I think it was the other day Ryan Poles made the comment in his presser on Tuesday. He was saying that, like, he'd have to be blown away by a prospect to be able to make that move. I think he's just playing his cards right to let people think that maybe there's a possibility out there so somebody wants to move up to be able to go, come get one of these quarterbacks. The, the hard part is what we saw, we saw, what, last year? What How, how many quarterbacks went? five in the top 15 like this year you might get there's three three names so it's a it's 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 kind of light when it comes to quarterbacks and it depends on what you're looking for like depend it depends on what you're looking for as a bears fan i'm rolling with my dude man i'm i've, I've always i've been a fan of his forever so when they got him i was like let's roll let's go and I'm going to ride with him to the end, man. I have to, coach. I'm going to oh, ride with him you. to the hey, end. I hear you. I hear you. That's I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. I see where you coming from. Hey, I, I just like, I'm like, I've never been wrong with these quarterbacks. Like, I'm not, I'm not really, like, I'm looking at them. I'm dissecting. I got Justin Fields NFL film that I legally can share and show on the show here. I do with Sean Salisbury on, on a later show on Last Chance oh, yeah. Q. Yeah. And we break this film down. And it's just like it's the same thing. I'm seeing. I'm not just seeing it from Justin though. I see it from Lamar and Kyler and and and, and Baker Mayfield and all these quarterbacks who have come through these systems that don't understand how to get under center, turn their back to the defense and run a play action, turn around and locate coverage, throw the ball on time, understand who's protecting who and who's not. We're seeing quarterbacks get hit in the face 
And we don't have an adjustment because, and I have to blame coaching too. You got to go back to what does this kid do well and how can we make him successful? And let's put him in the most conducive system. And I haven't seen a quarterback win a Super Bowl doing this yet. Until I do, I'm going to continue to say, look, man, you got to throw the ball in the teeth of the defense like 46-year-old Tom Brady does, which yeah. is crazy, right? So hold up. You think you think the, the, you think the Bucks beat uh, Dallas? Yeah, because Dak just proves that he can't win the big one. Like that's what sucks, right? Like that's I think, what sucks. I picked. I picked them too. I picked them too to to win. I just it's hard to, for your re- last regular season game to have the issues that you're having, and then to come in to play Tom Brady. I think Dallas is the better team. Definitely the better team, the better squad. I just right. Dak right. is Dak is too. The interceptions, turning over the football, man. You just can't win that it's way. Late, I, right? Yeah, you just – you literally – you can't win at any level like doing that. But I think it's it's going to be tough. And Tampa's getting a little bit healthier at this moment. Tom is comfortable in these positions. Um, I think, too, just I, – I, I just think – I think they're going to win. And I also think – I think the Giants beat uh, – I think the Giants beat the the Vikings. I do. I do too. I do too. I do. I, it's there's something about yeah, the Vikings. Seattle though. Uh, what about Seattle? What are you I got them beating the Niners. Oh, uh, you crazy on that hey, one? No, I got to stand by it. Pete Carroll owns rookie quarterbacks, and Pete Carroll owns Shanahan, and the Seahawks own the Niners since '77. I know, I know, but hey, dude. hey, hey, let me ask you that before you get out of here. By the way, be- the last question I'm going to ask you is, is after this. This video I showed when you came on. He went four yards in the air, came down over the goal line, and Walter flew over the line of scrimmage. You're eight years old in this video, is from what I was told. Three yeah. seconds oh, to go in the oh, half man. on third and goal from inside the no, one. No, and no, no. This the third touchdown four. of the year and 81 yeah, lifetime on the ground. With the Bears leading 13-7, to all eyes were on Walter Payton as he this came out for the second half. Waller Payton goes out. Walter needs two to tie, three to break. Jim Brown. Where you at? I was in the um, I was in the press box or like in the in all the time. And, and they, they show it. They show me, but it's like it's. It, I don't know if they show it on this one on the TV copy. They do, and I'm like I'm going like this, sticking out my tongue at the TV camera when it flashed on me. But I think it might have been. It might have been there, right there. It's coming. Oh, that's that's yard rushing effort. Oh, you gotta go back. Keep keep, keep going back. It's in. I know it's in there. I got. I got it. That will keep him in the record right books for years to come. That's me. Although Brown has many other records. Yeah, right there. That will keep him in the record books for years to come. He averaged 104 yards a game for the yeah, Cleveland Browns. That was by. That's uh, sweet, that was man. By that's IT. sweet. That, that... That's a hell of a job. My buddy uh, Chad got me that video, man. He does a lot of NFL films, a lot of stuff for DB Sport. Up, Chad? He, yeah, Chad, man, he, he loves you. He loves he 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 followed you and your dad forever, man. And uh, he does. He's been doing bit film for 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 NFL. Been cutting up film for thirty five years, man. So he he knows how to do all that stuff. Uh, before you get out of here, man, I gotta ask you. You know me. I'm you know I'm, I guess I'm a little bit controversial. <laughs> oh, hey, let me ask you this: oh, Is Emmett Smith? A top ten running back of all time. Yes, I say no. All right, I want to hear why. I want to hear um, why. You can't. You, man. I I look at his game, and I know that like sometimes we always can't 
lucky. I always talk to people who are like, well, he always had this off, awesome offensive line. He was a product of the system. Man, you know how hard it is still to tote the rock in, in the NFL. And yeah, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me like that he, the offensive line and people are like, man, if your dad had that old line, man, he'd have like 20,000 yards. Yeah, that is, it is what it is. But how tough he was, man. Like he was available, right? He was available. He was always available. And and at that position, that's what I look at the most is are you available? He played with separated shoulders. There was times where when he was in Chicago where he leaped over and he came down and he hurt himself. My dad went into the locker room with him, talked with him. I mean, this dude played through through everything. And I just I love watching his silky smooth ability. I love the way he would get through the line. And do I think, you know me, I, I tell him all the time. And he tells me all the time. That's like, Emmett is my dog, man. Like, Emmett is like my, he's like my uncle, JV. Like, I talk to him at least, I would say at least once a month. Like, I have a conversation. We, we talk or we text or something like that. Yeah, He knows how I feel. I, I just feel that my pops was the dude. But if there's anybody that's going to break the record, yo, I, I got mad props to my man, Emmett, man. Who who else are you? What are you? Come on, JB. JB, hey, come Eric on. Dickerson hey. guy. I, I grew up with your I, dad and Eric I'm Dickerson. Not, I'm I, not saying he, Eric. He, 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 he and Walter were very similar. They were upright runners, full go. Yeah. They, get, they run you over. They'll jump over you. They'll dip on you. They can shake you. They can – I mean, like, those two were, to me, transcenders. Your dad and Eric Dickerson, to me, are the two greatest of all time. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I got you got to throw Barry in there, and you got to throw, you know, Earl Campbell in there, and you got to throw – to me, Bo Jackson still, even though he was short-lived. Yeah. Um, I got all these different guys. Uh, you probably got to throw Marcus Allen in the deal and OJ. I mean, I got a lot of these guys in there that I would put a, a, above Emmett, but Emmett was durable and he was available. I do Hold factor on. in the fact that Barry played at a place like Detroit. What would he have done? Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Let, let's look. Let's look. Okay. So Emmett's okay. number one. Uh, just look, we're just looking at the top ten all time by just rushing yards. So we yeah, got Emmett. Bad. My pops, Frank Gore, Barry, Adrian Peterson, Curtis Martin, LT, uh, Jerome Bettis, Eric Dickerson, and then Tony Dorsett rounding out number 10. Underneath him, you got Jim Brown, Marshall Falk, Edron James, Marcus Allen, Franco Harris, Thurman Thomas, Fred Taylor. People forget about him. He's uh, at 17. He too, like Jim Brown a little bit. I mean, that's uh, Steven Jackson's at 18, dude. Like, I know it's 18. crazy. That's crazy, right? He's a he's ahead of like he's ahead of OJ Simpson. Let's and uh, let's not and the dude that I see all the time on TV now, who's on the West Coast out there, dude. Lashawn McCoy is 22nd I, of I all time. I know, like, I know. All right, Let so this. before you get out of here, since I got you, man, we're, we're, I appreciate you taking the time. How do you feel about Reggie Bush um, getting into the College Hall of Fame? And, and do you agree if they don't give him the Heisman, he should say, screw you, College Hall of Fame. Don't let, I don't want to be in your Hall of Fame if I can't get my Heisman back. Um, Man, Reggie's one of my all-time favorite. Is he the best college football player you ever saw? Yes and no. He's got to be right there for me. He, no, he is. He's... He is, yes, he. Had, I think he might be that I've ever seen. I, I, it's hard though, man, because I, dude, like I, I, it's crazy because I was around two guys that were 
different. One was Sean Taylor and one was Ed Reed. Like both dudes. Oh, yeah. Like Marshall Falk was unbelievable too. Yeah, Marshall Falk was unbelievable. Reggie did something at a time where I've never, dude, I've never seen anything like it before. Like ever. I don't and I don't think we, I don't think we will ever see anything like it. I just his ability to do everything and he looked I've never seen someone look like they were running half speed but were running full speed. Yeah. Right? It was effortless. Like he would catch a swing and I'd be like, dude, yes. he's about to get he's about to get caught and next thing you know he he'd get to the edge and I'd yes. be like, "How is this dude?" And running, and then would take off from like the seven yard line and like flip into the end zone. I'm like, yeah. "What is going on?" You know what I say to Reggie? And I met him and I, I talked to him at one of the Super Bowls. I'll say this: he he's one of the best. He's if not the greatest college football player I've ever seen. He deserves to be in the hall in the college football hall of fame. If he doesn't get his Heisman back. You, what he should do, he know he's got. He knows he won the award. I, I at at this point, sometimes you got to just let things go. Um, and what I would do for him if he hasn't done this already, because he's made jokes about it on on uh, the, the Wendy's commercial. Yeah, dude. But all you need to do, you got money, man. Just I make one. Go make one. Yep. Just go make one. I make put, one and post it on all my social media. Yeah, and put it in your crib. Just put it in your crib. Go make one. Get yourself. You don't need. You don't actually need it back. And I know it might mean something because you held it and what it took to be able to get that. And where we are right now in this college college uh, sports landscape with NILs and everybody getting money. And I get it. Totally get it. It's about it's it's about principle for him. But I think we all know at some point, dude. We we watched him. The dude. We'll never see anything like it ever again. So nah. just go just go make one and put it at the crib, dude. Yeah, I feel you on that. I agree. Uh before you get out of here, man, who wins the Super Bowl? Oh shoot, you're gonna get mad at me, dude. All your your Mahomesies. I I I I there's something about Kansas City that um that is is special, but I also think there's something about this Buffalo team too, man, with DeMar Hamlin and what we saw against the Patriots. They got something on their side too. I believe it's going to be an a AFC team. So I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go on a limb right now. Oh, dude. No Bengals, huh? I like the Bengals too, coach. I hey, do. Hey, hey, hey. Earl owns Mahomes and Allen. I'm telling you. Uh, hey, Bur Burrow's my number one quarterback in the NFL right now. I, but, and I can't hate. I can't hate on you. He's he's nasty. Mo but Mahomes, all those guys though. You're talking about you. Those dudes are the true. You look at the AFC. Why would you? If you were Sean Payton, why you, too? I know. Why would you want to go out to the AFC like AFC West and be out there with all those quarterbacks being in Denver? I'm like, here, and he's going to be the new Rams head coach. Oh, you are you dropping? You dropping dimes over here, huh? Yeah, I got a couple buddies that are, are best friends with Sean. Uh, and I got a good friend that's a wideout coach for the Rams right now. I think McVay is out of there, and I'm hearing that Sean's going to coach Stafford. Um, that's Dang. something I'm, I'm hearing, and it could be happening in the next few weeks. If it happens, you heard it here first. I don't know. I'm just hey. hearing it. It's not guaranteed, but I am hearing that rumbling out here. Sean's out here right now on the West Coast. He's got uh, one of his best friends is one of my good friends. So, um I'm not gonna give away names, but I'll no, text. Don't you. give away names. Don't but give yeah, away it, names. It, it, it's it's uh 
It's real. That could really happen. Um, and he does stay out of the AFC West with that with that crazy lineup of quarterbacks. Um, and then you still got Burrow and Allen in the East. So, and then you got right. then you got Trevor Lawrence balling. So, yeah, I think, hey, yeah, yeah, Duval. I think they go. I think they go. I I just have a hard time with, with them. I don't know. Yeah, my, and, and Herbert has to get a playoff win if we're going to consider him se- take him serious. Yeah, and Herbert, I just look at that Chargers squad though as a whole defensively. I think they're just too good defensively. They're getting um, back healthy. Down. Yeah, they're getting back healthy. And if you're going to cancel out the quarterbacks, let's just say both quarterbacks are having monster games. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go with the. I'm going to go with the ground game, and I just trust Austin Eckler uh, being an all around back. That can yeah. do it always, and if I like you're gonna have to, yeah, I like ETN. I like ETN like too. He ain't done it yet, and I, I'm always gonna side with the guys that have done it before. So that's why I got the Chargers winning that game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Dude, coach, listen, man, let's do this again sometime, bro. Yeah, we got to, man. We got to do it again. Uh, I, 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 we got to, man. I appreciate you hanging out with me, man. Shoot for an hour, man. I can't beat that. Um, before you get out, though, explain what happens with the Peyton and Walter Peyton uh, Man of the Year award. You still you do that, right? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna be uh, we'll be in Arizona this year. There's 32 nominees from each team nominates a one guy. The players do. The players inside the locker room nominate a guy, and then it um, all 32 get an opportunity to go for the Walter Payton Man of the Year award, sponsored by Nationwide. And um, man, I I can't even tell you when you think about this award. Um, uh, Thomas Davis, uh, Anquan Bolden, and, uh, you can go Charles Tillman, J.J. Watt, um, I mean, Chris Long. Uh, there's so many names of guys that have won this award um, that are that are just amazing men that are doing great things, not just on the field, but off the field as well, their communities. And so to be able to have my dad's name on that is that like the highest award in the NFL. It's, just, it's an honor, man. So this year... I don't know who's winning. I literally don't know until uh, NFL honors at Super Bowl. Like, that's when I find out, like, that day. So my mom has a vote for our family, and then a bunch of other people vote in the NFL um, that have votes. Lisa Salters has a vote. Um, uh, who else? I mean, there's a bunch of people. There's eight people, I think, that have votes. And, um, we, yeah, we find out who the best is, and we add another person to our to our Man of the Year family, man, and like hey, the other, get rid of you, man. I, I I got all these things that keep popping in my head. You know, I added all these things, man. And I got to ask you, like Eddie, George, were you with the Titans with Eddie? No, nah, I wasn't there with Eddie. I was there. I got there like just like Edrin. I got there the year okay. before he left, man. But he, Eddie's a good friend of mine, man. I coached his up a little bit. I talked to Eddie all the time. I've I've helped him over at Tennessee State. Would you ever consider like? following Eddie and, and prime and Dion's foot pants. Would you ever, you ever wanted to coach or no? You're like, nah, I can't get out of what I'm doing. Coach. I watched you and um, on TV and I was like, nah, dude, this, 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 this little bit. Yeah, I'm going to keep my day job. Huh? Dude, it's, it's a sacrifice, man. It's, it's a, it's a grind and you can't just do it. And so that's why I think I give those guys credit, especially prime. I give him a lot of credit for the work that he put in to build up, you know, my dad's alma mater at Jackson State. Like they, they did something that was that was special, and now he's out. And I, I think I take a little bit of offense of people these days that like every time someone decides to do something that's better for them, that we jump all over them. That you know, oh, why did he leave? Well, dude, that's what we all do, right? We all like 
try to work to a certain point where we get a better offer somewhere else. And to me is, did you leave the place that you came to better than how you found it? And to no me, doubt. he did. No he doubt. left it better. And um, I mean, think about the time with the water situation when everything was going on in Mississippi and he had right. to put those guys up in hotels and he was doing that with his money. I mean, like, yo, he, he did what he needed to do. And now to see he wasn't just an, it wasn't just a name thing. It was more of like, yo, we're going to grind this thing out. And they won. They were, they, they were winning and they were on game. They were on coach. They were on game day all the time. Like, 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 and yo, man, like it's to me, I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do at Colorado dude, because he gets it and understands it. He's on social. I was watching a video the other day. He was like, he was on there promoting to get, um, Equipment, uh, uh, the equipment staff. I told Eddie, I said, Eddie, you got to do this too because you're a household name too. That's I'm saying. And I went to Tennessee State to do. Uh, it was it was last year. I went to Tennessee State to sit down with him because I do this thing called Legends of the Big Game, and I just like all like guys that played in in the Super Bowl and like their experiences and what they're doing now. And I went and sat down with him and talked with him. It's just that's not who Eddie is though. I know, I know. You know, no, it's not who it's not who he wants to be kicking in, smoking a cigar with my ass. Yeah, he just he's that that's not him to be all over to be and, and I was thinking the same thing with Ed Reed taking the Bethune Cookman job. Ed's my guy. But like I went to his I went to his social and I was like, I thought I knew like yo, he's not gonna be posting stuff like that all the time. I I don't seem like it because his passion is he's always wanted to coach. And, and all this other nonsense, he doesn't want to deal with all this other nonsense. He's there. To, he wants to be there to coach, to impact lives, to win games, to help these young men become better people on the field and then off the field as well. That's I know that's his number one goal. Prime just he gets the business of it and he's perfect for the bit. He's prime time. Right. I mean, look, he sold. He's not only had the name, dude, Amazon Prime is hosting his his documentary, like his show, like. Dude's a genius, man. He's a genius. Yeah, he's getting it going. He's got the name, too, to do it, man. I just hope that his uh, foot doesn't get worse. And it ends, I know. you know, I, I, I've known so many of these situations where the foot is first and then it's the leg, and it's unfortunate. I just hope that he can beat that and get his get his, uh, get his his health all the way good with that leg. I know how bad that can get. So I'm, I just hope that that works out because I don't want to – I want to see him back backpedaling and showing cats how to do it. I know, man. I oh. know. Hey, man, I can't thank you enough, man. And uh, like I said, you know where I'm at. Anytime you need me, let me know. And uh, appreciate you coming, man. We got to do it again uh, soon. We'll do it again, man. I, I appreciate you, Coach. Anytime, man, hit me up. Let's do it again. Hell yeah, man. Appreciate you. Enjoy the weekend. You too. Peace. Bye, brother. Jared Payton, man, can't thank him enough. Much love to him. Uh, man, we've 30 minutes past today on the show. Pound that like button, subscribe, become a member. And make sure you become a member of the new Discord, Slap Nation. Um, the coach's crew, $2.99 a month, the best $2.99 you can spend. Make sure you join that, and it's in the uh, new membership tier. So appreciate everybody, man. And uh, as always, enjoy the weekend. Look forward to seeing you guys Monday for Menace Monday, as we'll get after it on Monday again, as always. So. Appreciate you guys, man. And uh, as always, enjoy the weekend. And I'll see you slapdicks later. Peace.